This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Next Lander Podcast. I'm Vinny Caravella, joined by Brad Shoemaker. Oh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Alex Navarro. As always, I'm glad to be here with you, gentlemen. As always, we are glad to have everyone listening with us today, this Thursday, July 29th, or possibly Wednesday the 28th. Depends where Ooh. you are Ooh. and if you're on that Patreon or not. Uh, it is episode eight of this year Next Lander podcast. The Ocho. The Ocho. I wasn't going to say it, but you have. There Known we go. as the Ocho. That's, every, mm-hmm. that's what everybody calls it. And now we are officially calling it the Ocho as well. Uh, I will call it the Oto. Uh, I'll call it the Otto just because uh, in, in, in my loving remembrance of Beetlejuice and Otto, my, one of my favorite characters. I'm Wait, the, who's Otto in Beetlejuice? Otto. Isn't, isn't Otto the brother? Otto? Otto. Hold up. Wait, brother of who? Are you thinking of Otho? Otho. <laughs> also, he's not Otho. the brother. He's their interior yeah, designer. Yes. <laughs> Otho. I, will, I will both call it the Otto and the Otho. You said okay. I just pictured Otto the bus driver every time you said that. Maybe yeah. until I, we cleared know, up might, the confusion. I might be thinking of Otto from a fish called Wanda. 
Is Otto is the is a Kevin Klein? Uh, I have not seen a fish <laughs> called Wanda since it was in the '90s and probably the early '90s. So I could not. I don't remember anything about that movie. Either that- way, episode Otho, episode <laughs> Otho. Is, that, is here. Is, is a fish called Wanda for grownups? Is it? Is it ribald? Like that was the, that was the impression I always got as a kid when it came out was like oh this is this is a grown up movie I can't I'm I not think so. I think there's some it, like sexual fetishism going on in there it, okay, and I have no idea what it's about like zero yeah. it's just the impression I got as a kid was like oh I'm not supposed to watch that yeah I watched it as a kid I too, remember though. a lot of stupid details about a lot of movies I've only seen once and I don't really remember anything about a fish called Wanda okay. so um uh, well Otto and Otho and Otto mm-hmm. together at last and Ocho. I, yeah, uh, the Clint Shaddix, the actor who portrayed Otho, passed away some years ago. Oh, yes, he did. I did not realize. Otto Otto Otho, fine actor. Otto Otto Otho. Otto Otto Otho. That's right. That's uh, uh, same fam- famous Latin. Otto Otto Otho. Did you know there was a Beetlejuice sequel in development hell for some years? Yeah, I did know that. Did yes, you? Did they you know? Ever? Did no, you know but that give me was, the Lydia Dietz. It was <laughs> God. Damn you. <laughs> No, let's just move on. <laughs> oh no! Wait, hold on. I wanted, was no, it? you killed it. You uh, did it. The concept, yeah. the concept was so. Like, should preface this by saying I have always respected Beetlejuice for being a one and done. Okay, it's like hey, it was a great idea, and they made the movie, and then they moved on. Like they didn't belabor it. Like we didn't need the further hauntings of Beetlejuice. Like you told the story, it was good. Then you made something else. Yeah, and that thing was the Beetlejuice cartoon, which was but, great. Well, yes, but also the concept for the sequel that never quite got off the ground was like literally Beetlejuice in Paradise. It was like literally like the Dietz is on a Hawaiian vacation and <laughs> Beetlejuice in freaking board shorts and tropical shirts. What? Like, oh, that would have been terrible. That doesn't sound good oh, at all. Oh, it would have been so bad. <laughs> like it would have, I think it would have like destroyed the reputation of Beetlejuice. Then you can get to the third movie. Which I assume you would just call Beetlejuice, 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 mm. and, and that, and that. No, because no one can say the title then. Otherwise, right. they are inviting terror upon them, their lives. That's but right. then, but, but then you would have everybody would summon the movie, and then there would be massive profits, and everybody would be great. Don't worry, we're gonna get a Beetlejuice reboot. It's gonna happen. Mm. I don't think anyone needs it. I, I, I'm with Brad. Some things are best left as single single servings and that movie is perfect in its own way and does not need to be futzed with ever again oh alex you you of all people know that makes it just such an attractive piece i know of, <laughs> piece of i know i know what this the- <laughs> means but i want to hold on to it i desperately want to hold on to it they are getting they are they are laying out the concrete slab and getting the ceremonial movie uh killing daggers and and beetlejuice is being wrapped in white linens uh to be uh, marched onto the slab as we recast a new Beetlejuice for a new generation. I don't need a Beetlejuice that just like turns to the camera and be like, so that just happened. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. I don't uh, want that. You don't so want what? Deadpool Beetlejuice? No. Oh, who, would, man. Who, who would play Beetlejuice? Who, who? I don't know who has that Chris energy Pratt. anymore. He's in everything. Get Chris no, Pratt. No, God, way. that would be awful. Chris oh, no Pratt way. is Beetlejuice. No is, way. That would be wretched. The Beetlejuice. Oh, it would be terrible. Um... God, who who has that like manic, like barely hinged Keaton energy? The, the closest I can come up with is Paul Giamatti. But too okay. old, I think too yeah, old. He's for getting up there too. 
but that's the thing is yeah. that I just don't I can't think of any young actors that have that same sort of just like aggressive scummy manic energy. Mm, yeah, you really need it really needs to be pretty like uh, dirty. Like there's a dirty yeah. energy to it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they're there. out there. I just haven't. I can't think of them off the top of my head. Mm. Oh, it's like I'm so disappointed that Keaton has never won the Oscar. Not, not that I, I, I don't super care about Oscars, but like a lot of people do, and he he, he deserves it. Well, he was nominated for Birdman, wasn't he? Yeah, like everybody thought that would be his moment. Uh, the problem is Birdman is terrible. So <laughs> I, I hate I, Birdman. I, I would have loved to have seen him get the Oscar, but I hated hated that movie. I don't. I didn't hate Birdman, but we checked it out on Blu-ray from the library, and it was so scratched that we couldn't see the last ten minutes. So. <laughs> The last ten minutes are pretty dumb. Okay. I don't think they 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 make they really make or break the movie necessarily, mm. but they're pretty dumb. Okay, I suspect he's still got a couple left in the chamber that will be like role of a lifetime for Michael Maybe. Keaton. Yeah, here we go, Mister. Oh, there's still room for it, and you know he's getting franchise work. He was in those Spider-Man movies that everyone forgot about. Yeah, he was the, the ones Vulture. before Far From Home. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't his best role, but I, well, I he's, saw what was going on there. Isn't, isn't he going to play the Batman at some point soon? Oh, you might be right. There was some talk of some kind of multiverse Batman thing happening yeah, where a bunch of Batman show up. Something like that. I can't remember exactly, but there was some talk about that. I don't know if that actually turned into a project He's, or not. Okay, apparently he was cast in The Flash as Batman. Okay. 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 Well, in the movie coming up? I guess. Okay, because there's also a TV series, um, but that's I think separate from the DC Mar- movie universe. I, well, I think it's a, I think it's a movie. They have that whole okay. they have the whole multiverse thing going on with the Flash running around through different dimensions and stuff. So that's that probably makes <laughs> that's sense. that's probably yeah. how they're doing uh-huh. it. Uh, okay. I think wasn't Keaton the wasn't he the Vulture in the new Spider Man? Oh, was he the one in there? So I haven't seen the new Spider Man, so I, I actually don't. I I just know. I remember. I thought it was Keaton, and then it was um um what's his face as the uh, Mysterio. Uh, um, the uh, well, that was Gyllenhaal. the second one. Yeah, yeah, that was that was Jill and Hall in the second one. Yeah, I think you might be right. You might 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 have been the first one. Yeah. Like I said, I have not watched the new. He's Spider-Man, like running so a salvage operation on yes. the uh, on homecoming. Okay, stuff. he is he is the vulture in homecoming. Um, okay, so I was thinking of the ones that had Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, which I guess that was not him doing Vulture stuff in that one. No. There was a lizard in one of those movies, <laughs> and then the second one was Electro and the Rhino. Wait, he also, oh, right before Spider-Man, he played Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's? Sure, yeah. Yes. In The Founder? I, I Supersize Me, right? That, or whatever that movie was? Oh, no, not Supersize Me. Is no, that, no, is the not Supersize Me. The, what the, the hell the, is that movie the called? The Founder. The Founder, that's right. I wonder if that was any good. I'm sorry. I don't know. This is like how is this like halfway turning into a movie podcast lately? I don't know how this is happening. I think it it might be that we actually just need to start a movie podcast at some <laughs> point. <laughs> the cup's running over. It needs another yeah, vessel. We for need it all. we need a place to contain the the spillage. Anyway, get Michael Keaton uh, an Oscar. Um, Put Michael Keaton in a video game. Why not? Yeah. Put Michael Keaton in a video game. Michael Keaton is the Master Chief. Michael Keaton huh. is. Put my no more Cortana. Put Michael Keaton in my head. I want Michael Keaton in there. Okay, okay. But All right. but kind of eighties um, uh, multiplicity. Take multiplicity. Make it canonical with uh, um, with Halo universe. So everybody gets a Michael Keaton in their head. And I want I want one of the the copies of a copy of a copy. Uh, uh, Michael Keaton. How did he I not think- win the Oscar for that one? Unbelievable. Robbed. I don't know, man. I don't know. Robbed. Mister uh, Mom. Robbed. There are, there are invites going out for a Halo Infinite tech test this weekend. Okay. 
How many Michael Keatons can we have? A hundred eight, Michael Keatons eight, to send eight on. Versus, <laughs> eight versus eight. Okay. Eight, unless, 16 Michael Keatons. Unless you're playing the big kaboom mode, in which case it's 32 Michael Keatons. Oh, man. That's a key ton of Keatons. So we, uh, should we move on here from our yeah, Keaton sure. cast? Yeah. The Keaton yes. cast? Yes. The Keaton cast will come another day. Yeah. We're we eating the Keaton cast. Um, what? I, I don't know. Eat, feasting? I was like a feasting. Like a, we were feasting yeah, right. on, on Keatons. We Keaton. <laughs> yeah, that's right. gonna be the name of the, the keaton cast yeah, keaton, but but really it's like it's like a step removed from anything that actually makes sense and nobody's really gonna get it but i do love it uh you're listening to the next lander podcast we're gonna talk a little bit about the ea play stuff that uh, went on last week some of that battlefield portal and some of the other news that happened from that then after that when we talk about games uh, we're going to get into Neo, The World Ends With You, a little Pokemon Unite, some Flight Simulator on the console, on that on that Microsoft Series, Xbox Series X, and the update on PC, a little Old World, um, and we're also going to uh, look at some of the, the PlayStation numbers that were announced for Southers, but before we get to that gameplay and news... The news that has been uh, that came out, I think, right after we recorded or shortly after we recorded last week. Yeah, I very literally was, hours afterward. I believe. Was it? I thought it was it Thursday. Was, it was. Uh, it was. It was pretty soon after we recorded the Activision Blizzard news. Alex, you want to take us through this one? Yeah. So before we launch into this, I'm just going to give everyone the heads up here that uh, the stuff we're going to be talking about is pretty fucking heavy and uh you know there's going to be discussion of sexual harassment and you know potentially sexual assault type things in here so if you know you don't want to hear about this stuff totally understandable there are stories you can read uh which we will be talking about here that it cover the the breadth of this stuff pretty well but i just wanted to give that warning yes. ahead of time before we get into it yeah if you haven't <clears throat> if you haven't seen the podcast chapters that we've been putting in this is a, a good functional use of the podcast chapters if you would like to skip this part. Yes. Those should, yes. Those should make that a little easier. So, with that said, uh, this is the story that has pretty much dominated the entire week, and I think it dovetails pretty significantly into a lot of the discussion that has gone on around workplace culture, uh, especially in AAA uh, video game development over the last year or two. So, the, the news that broke initially was that Activision Blizzard was being sued by the state of California, uh, by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. Uh, the, this is the culmination of a two-year investigation uh, that basically ran the gamut of different workplace scenarios that are extraordinarily bad. Um, they range from uh, basically just, you know, labor issues pertaining especially to women employees, uh, specifically getting into the nature of, you know, male employees and managed positions essentially dumping work off on women uh, while they essentially did whatever they wanted. Uh, people not getting, women employees just basically not getting promoted or not getting passed over repeatedly. Major salary discrepancies between uh, female employees and male employees. And then it gets also into, like, a workplace harassment situation where... There is ongoing discussion. Uh, and a lot of this is specifically about Blizzard, though it sounds like there's, you know, issues at the larger Activision brand as well. But they are talking about, you know, male employees essentially getting drunk, coming in hangover, harassing female employees, hitting on them, 
there's talk of like ongoing sexual harassment. There is a case that is cited in the in the the complaint that talks about uh, a female employee committing suicide after effectively being harassed by a male manager. It is truly rotten shit, uh, top to bottom. And in the wake of this, the initial response from Activision Blizzard uh, was to get out there and rail against the unelected bureaucrats of this department uh, who are making baseless accusations uh, that will be proven out in court that they have done nothing wrong, that they have gone out of their way to change their workplace culture in recent years uh, to, you know, create increased diversity and things like that. This, despite the fact that earlier this year, there was a, a comment from Activision Blizzard uh, executives saying that uh, ongoing pushes to try and further diversify the company were simply not workable mm-hmm. for Activision Blizzard and their their situation. So this exploded, uh, understandably so, given the the severity of the accusations being made here, and it has pretty much sent Activision Blizzard's management into. I would call a spiral of conflicting statements and, you know, approaches to this. Um, J. Allen Brack, who I believe is the the studio manager at Blizzard. Current head of, yeah. Blizzard. Current head of Blizzard. Yeah. yeah. Gave, you know, what I would say was not a satisfying, but an attempt at an actual mea culpa and apology. While the, literally the same day, uh, Fran Townsend who was hired by Activision Blizzard uh, after many years working for the Bush administration as a Homeland Security advisor, one of three people from that administration who have uh, joined the company in recent years, uh, basically kind of echoing the same thing that came out in that original statement, uh, really kind of hitting the same points and not like these two things coming out at the same time made it sound like there was no agreement and no strategy from anywhere at the executive team. Yeah. Like seeing, seeing, excuse me, the internal communications come out day by day from the company getting more and more sort of contrite, I guess is the word in contrast with those public statements they put out has really been wild to see. I mean, like there's something like distinctly Trumpist about the unaccountable bureaucrat language, right? Oh, it was oh, yeah. so I'm just going to read that that section. It's really it was a part that really struck out to me in, a, in an overall strikingly, in my right. opinion, bad statement. Quote, if this is the type of irresponsible behavior from unaccountable state bureaucrats, uh, it is this type of irresponsible behavior from unaccountable state bureaucrats that are driving many of the state's best businesses out of California. And that's in the context of them saying that like they didn't handle the, the state was supposed to, you know, give us notice and, and basically work with us. And they, and they went ahead and they filed this thing anyway, even though, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're trying out here and, and, Bit, man, that that initial statement was really something to behold. Yeah, I, to me, like the the there are like a couple of defining traits to this whole situation. One of which is just how bad the culture was and how like grievous the offenses are. But the other one, to me, is the involvement of the state government. You know, yeah, like this was not brought about by like whistleblowers or people on the ground having to call attention to the situation. This is like, you know, the most populous and like wealthiest state in the entire country filing a state lawsuit you know like this is like a big deal yeah for the actual government to be getting involved in this like that kind of really puts in perspective how how dire the situation is 
Well, and the thing is, you don't get to that point, though, if there aren't a bunch of complaints being filed right. about this stuff. And so obviously there were people internally, uh, both former and current employees, it sounds like, that, you know, were instrumental in getting this investigation going. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's it's intense. And especially in the wake of the stuff that was going on with Ubisoft in particular, it makes it seem like a, a number of these companies seem like they have major issues with, you know, internal culture being wretchedly toxic. And in this case, so now that this investigation is out there, you've got these multiple statements going on. There is some on the ground stuff that is happening. So uh, over the course of the last week, uh, an open letter was signed by, uh, I think, well over 2,000 current and former uh, Activision Blizzard employees making demands about multiple changes uh, to what they want to see done from the company. Today, there was a walkout that was both virtual and uh, in person, though I, my understanding is that a lot of employees are still working virtually there. So the number of people that actually walked out of the office may not have been that high. But, you know, it sounds like there was like a good chunk of the the workforce there effectively said, no, nah, like we're not we're not coming into work. We're not doing anything. And these are our demands. And so they do have like very specific demands about what they want. Um, they want an end to mandatory arbitration, uh, which forces complaining employees into extra legal legal mediation rather than public court cases. Uh, they want revised uh, recruiting and hiring pr- policies as well as promotion policies. Uh, they want pay rate transparency. And uh, they want third-party organizations to review the company's reporting policies, their HR department, and their executive staff. It's like not, and, not exactly like unreasonable requests. Like no, those, in no way all, unreasonable. Those all sound imminently doable for a company of Activision's resources. But at the same time, they seem completely in conflict with what Activision wants, which very clearly, just from their statements and from just the general behavior of that company in general, they want everything kept internal. Well, they they, don't, yeah. Have, have you contrasted this list of demands with the Bobby Kotick statement? I'm not sure if we brought that I up. I haven't gotten to a Kotick statement yet, but yeah, like the thing is, he did just put out a statement uh, saying that their initial statements were tone deaf. Act, we should clarify, Activision's initial statement was tone deaf. That, that, that thing we were yes. referencing before. The initial statement and probably also uh, alluding to Fran Townsend's statement. Yeah, right. Their initial response. Uh, Their initial response. Yeah. But in this case, you know, he did sort of apologize, but not in a way that, again, that I would call particularly satisfying or meaningful. And he is, again, sort of talking about trying to deal with this by hiring, you know, an agency to come in and do this, but it is an agency that I think they have already pretty significant ties to, if I remember correctly. So it's not really in a third, a fully external third party. It's, um, it's hard to know what to say about something like this. <laughs> My initial reaction is I, I'm, it's about time. I think that there's some actual action being taken uh, against allegations like this right some actual investigation happened it sounds like this has been going on for two years sounds like blizzard and activision blizzard was well aware this investigation was happening that part of their initial response is like we we were we're we're trying here and like what are you guys doing with all this stuff i thought we were good uh and how could you do this to us and and having the suit come out which means if it goes to court and doesn't settle right this stuff will be have to have to be presented right the the evidence will have to be presented and this stuff should see light of day yeah in a like, way that usually doesn't get happen in arbitration and behind closed door settlement so yeah yeah for me again it's like it's not it's not giving companies like this the chance to self-police anymore it is the you know it's the state itself like wielding actual state legal authority to, that, that cannot be avoided you know that can't be like yeah swept under the rug and 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 
passed off as like, oh, we're taking action. We hear you, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like this is ending, this is going to end up in court. Like this, this is not something they can avoid or soften and and then and then forget about, you know. I, I don't know about all the legalities. Of, obviously, we should say we are not lawyers. We're not law professionals. We, we don't know. Clearly not. The ins and outs of that. So I don't know what happens if it is if it is possible to settle this outside of without it going to trial at some point. Uh, I don't know if that happens. But having this kind of spotlight on it in a way that's not just employees ringing the alarm bells constantly, right? That is not just, um, you know, saying, hey, th- this is a bad place and having some some pressure externally that is has serious consequence um i I think is really important i mean the state is looking for it's trying to force compliance if they're found guilty right they're gonna have to do unpaid wages they're gonna have to pay adjustments these are all things that the the state is seeking and this was filed in la we should say as well so this this is you know this is not just people settling behind closed doors in forced arbitration under the auspices of some activision blizzard you know, appointed lawyer. Yeah. Like they're, they're seeking, they're not just seeking change going forward in policy. Right. Like I think they're, they're, they're asking for restitution of past disparities as well. Right. That's yes. what it said in the, in the filing from the state. So like, I'm not clear how far back this goes. Like, is there a time frame that they're, cause that could be a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I'm not sure exactly what, like where the investigation timeline starts. I mean, I just know that the investigation has been ongoing for two years. Right. But presumably, like to some degree, you would assume this culture has been there from the beginning or pretty close to or for a very, very long time, right? Like this didn't just happen overnight. Well, so here's here's the really interesting thing for me. And I I think you can kind of boil down their response to a lot of this to the fact that. Like we are talking about Fran Townsend here at Activision, like Fran Townsend was hired specifically to make sure that Activision products are in compliance with government regulations. I believe that is her job there. Her previous job in the Bush administration was a Homeland Security Advisor, and following her term in the Bush administration, she would she did the talk show circuit basically defending their ongoing torture policies within you know the framework of the war on terror. And I don't think you bring in someone like her for that job Unless you are really serious about planting your feet and saying, we are going to defend this at all costs. Because I think what they're afraid of here more than anything else is the spotlight. Is the light being actually shown, not just on their absolutely shitty workplace, but any aspect of their business that they would really rather not have the government looking at. And I'm not saying they've done anything criminal outside of that, but like the whole thing with Activision is people there don't talk. You know, like there's never really any discussion about what goes on internally at Activision. They keep everything in house. That is very much the way. And I think some of this response that you have seen from them with the conflicting statements, the different, you know, approaches to tone, the seeming unwillingness to actually acknowledge, let alone agree to the terms that are being laid out here, uh, says to me that there is some darker shit Personally, I think that they want anyone to ever see, and they are going to do everything they can, tooth and nail, to never actually mm. do it, what anything more than they are legally obligated to do. I think, Brad, like you were saying, this, this is a fairly unprecedented step for for the, this type of action. So I, not only in its precedent for what goes forward, 
you know, in, in when people, when employees ring alarm bells and, and whistleblowers get out there and say it's bad here. So, um, what, what this means for the, those companies and, and people who need that kind of support, but also what happens in the discovery. And if this goes to trial, like you're saying, Alex, are we going to see documents subpoenaed from his, their, like what is going to come up as evidence here, chat logs right. and, and, uh, you know, communication and testimony. Are we going to get that level of, um, you know, will this, where the, I, again, not a lawyer and, uh, I haven't read a lot of legal like analysis of this. So, you know, are there criminal actions in here that, that cut spawn out of this? Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's really an interesting time as, as things come to a head in employee rights and, and kind of big companies, uh, having to be accountable. So I, right. I, I think that's where this come, this is kind of novel for me in the, we've heard about stuff at Activision Blizzard for a while, kind of brewing around, right? This is not the first news coming out of that organization. But that, a lot of, a lot are, of what was coming out was more just about people being unhappy there. Like, you know, the workplace environment, you know, a lot of crunch and things, you know, like it, it was more specific to the labor aspect of it. Like the company culture stuff that they are talking about here, like there have been employees out there, I think trying to sound some of these alarm bells for a while, but this is the first time the spotlight has really been on that aspect of it in this way. Yeah. Also, I mean, <clears throat> Alex, like you said, like Activision, I'll, well, let me, let me step back for a second. First of all, like the naming of the company has made this a little confusing to track. You know, the, mm, the name of right. the company technically is Activision Blizzard. And like, that's how it's referred to in a lot of legal documents. So sometimes it's hard to tell which side they're talking about because my, my impression is that those two entities are still somewhat distinct internally. Hmm. Like they are, but when you Activision have and like, you know, the thing you, the thing you heard about Blizzard for years after that merger was that it was still kind of like a state within a state, right? Of, yes. like they, they were like very fiercely protected their own culture, even within the bigger Activision organization. Um, so there's like, there are already like layers of secrecy that you have to peel back to like figure out what was actually going on. Right. There is that, but I also think that this kind of culture doesn't ferment the way it does without someone at the larger parent company being willing to sleep, sweep that shit under the rug. Right. You know, like those, like whether they're not, they are separate entities. They are still part of the same company. They still, they're still accountable to the same shareholders. And, you know, in the end it's, it's executive team people that have been making these statements. And those people are not, you know, state specific. They are the larger executive team at Activision Blizzard. And, you know, the way they are going at this shit, you know, also being in contrast to the way that actual Blizzard personalities, satisfying or not, like they have at least made gestures toward po apologizing, whereas Activision is very much in full on Blitzkrieg mode. And, you know, I think that's maybe where the disparity is. But in the end, it's ultimately the whole company that is liable for this. It It is kind of shocking um, when talking about it here to think about how Activision Blizzard seem to be caught on its heels on this one uh, and not have a message, a concrete message in place that wasn't extraordinarily bad uh, for when this was announced, you know, like it just seems like the messaging was a shotgun blast coming from, you know, 15 shotguns around the company that was just so scattershot. Uh, and then each successive one trying to do damage control uh, as, as it's just like, Oh, Wait, what did this person say? What did this person, what did this person say? Like if this was a two year investigation where clearly they knew what was going on and they were working on, uh, at least in some part to, to kind of remedy some of these things, you would think that when this goes public, 
we need to have this a message in place for this. Uh, and maybe that Which, speaks to the mess kind of internally there. I, it speaks to maybe to the mess. It maybe also speaks to the possibility that they really thought this would go away mm. at some point and they just weren't able to figure out a way to make it go away. Mm. I don't know. But yeah. like whatever the case, there's no way that first statement wasn't completely the work of their legal team. Mm. Like there's no way that was not you know vetted through a million lawyers all sending frantic emails with confidential in the he- in the the topic line and that's still what they came up with and that's not a good sign that's not a good sign at all it should be, should be eminently clear to them at this point that it's not going away i hope that they don't have any more illusions about if bobby kotick is commenting himself then i think yeah. they are they are aware that this is not a thing they can sweep away yeah. and you know, I, another aspect of this that I will just briefly touch on here is that it sounds like there was another open letter that was signed by a bunch of Ubisoft employees uh, in the wake of this, not only, you know, showing solidarity with the people who were doing the walkout and, you know, the people who were, you know, victims cited within this uh, th- this lawsuit, but also calling for accountability, more additional accountability within their own company and the industry at large. Hmm. And I think that kind of cross-company solidarity is going to be extremely important going forward if there is going to be a legitimate labor movement in this industry. Like, And I'm not just talking about the kind of stuff we're talking about here, which is like the most heinous shit imaginable, but I'm also talking about just in general, like the only way anything is really going to change, especially in AAA game development, but just game development in general, is if people who work at different companies are willing to work together for the same goals. And, you know, I think we're starting to see buds of that starting to sprout. But, you know, there is a culture in this industry of, you know, factionalization. You work for this company, you never talk to these other people. And while I think the current generation of devs that wasn't necessarily brought up in that is maybe a little more open to the idea of getting involved and getting organized, you know, on a industry-wide scale it's taking time and it's taking a while and it's taking a lot of work and i my only hope with shit like this is that this flashpoint can be beneficial in that regard yeah that's 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 kind of what i was getting at with the intervention of the state itself is that like this is this is kind of a major escalation in highlighting these problems yeah to me yeah i think we all probably feel that way right like if we if there's consequence for bad behavior instead of the kind of slap on the wrist or forced arbitration that happens, possibly that moves, moves things in a different direction and kind of gets to where either workers rights, it's somebody else's job to be looking out for them. Like, like it seems here, like, Hey, these people are paid to make sure these workers are not taken advantage of versus the worker having to make sure they also are working and then defending their rights, uh, their human rights. And I guess like, sorry, like Vinny, you're right. We're not lawyers. I guess it remains to be seen how this will actually play out in the court if it gets there. But like, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but like, I feel like we are so used to our government handling the corporate world with kid gloves if it handles it at all these days. And for the last several decades that like the idea of real regulatory power actually being leveraged to bring about change in a situation like this is like almost unfamiliar in a way that it's like, well, and it's unfamiliar nice, it's to like nice those to, companies it's, it's too. Like it's nice to see something actually happening. Right. Yeah. Like I think honestly, part of the reason we are getting such a scattered response from Activision is that they are just super unaccustomed to the idea of their labor force having any kind of leverage over them, like any kind of like being on their heels whatsoever when it comes to their mm-hmm. labor force. And 
you know, obviously they are not reacting to this well. And I, I have no idea where this is going to go from here. I don't know if they're just going to continue to dig their heels in or if they're going to start actually negotiating to do some of the things that they are demanding. I hope they do. I genuinely do. But given the history of the company and given, you know, Kodak's previous stances on things like this, I don't think this is going to happen without a fight. Yeah, I, I think it, it's it's especially disappointing for a, 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 a company as like revered and successful as Blizzard has been for so long to have. But been at the this, same time, I think it shows that it shows that the rot is everywhere. Yeah. Like there isn't yeah. anywhere where you. I mean, I, I I'm not saying that every single AAA company has done the exact same shit that this that Activision Blizzard is being accused of here. Not at all. But I think that the cult, like the rot at the center of it is pervasive and and it's in a lot of places and including places that you probably don't want it to be. And that, you know, this is not the end. This is not the end result. This is just kind of like, this is the, the light finally got shined on this stuff. And now people have to start sifting through it and figure out like, where do we go from here? A light with possible consequences. I I don't want to undermine the people who have been coming out for, for decades saying that stuff is wrong, but like, uh, on a, on but a, they finally have momentum behind them. They finally have like a support, you know, in the form of a, like actual government action yeah. here, which yeah. is again, like investigation. Said, is, is, looking that's into kind it. of wild and just in the like, sense of this doesn't happen. Like that. Yeah. That's the thing for me is that the law has power. The power just has to be applied. And like for once, it actually is being applied. Right. Yeah. And, and hope. And again, <laughs> I think all of us have a earned cynicism through some uh, uh uh when the government comes to investigating corporations but hopefully this is a true and sincere investigation uh that has the employee's interests at, at heart. and i'll you know I'll, I'll treat the blizzard comments and apologies as sincere when actual action is taken like yeah. right now it's just words so we'll see yeah i mean again that list of that list of uh expectations i guess on the on the the, the letter Mm-hmm. Not exactly like outlandish or anything. Not it's by like, any it, means like from the the employee that, the, the employee demands. Like for, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it's not what it's they not are just, asking for is completely like reasonable. It's, it's like pretty. It should be pretty standard stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, but that that, that forced arbitration stuff is tough. Like that is n- not tough to. I mean, it's a big part of what discourages anyone from going yeah. forward with these kinds of things, right? Like when when you are when you are subject to the company's own venue and laws, and, and you know they they stack the deck in their favor if they, if you have a problem. I mean, that stuff is really deflating. Yeah, I want to. Um, yeah. I want to say I think more similar policies. A big part of the riot stuff that's going on. Yes, I, I believe. Yes, you're right. the forced yeah. arbitration was a huge part of what was going on in the riot lawsuit. I actually thought California had laws against that for contracts, but um, I mean, again, we we should we should clarify this is not a federal case. This is a state case state in California, case, yeah. um, and uh, specifically in filed in L.A. So, yeah, but I mean, is, Activision headquarters are there, so that yeah, makes right, sense, of course, right. Remains to be seen. Uh, yeah, so we'll keep an eye on this story. You know, if anything else uh, comes up about it, we will talk about it on next week's show. But for right now, hey, you know, solidarity with everyone who did the walkout today. And uh, here's to hoping that real change can be affected. Yeah, yeah, really. And, I mean, this could be a long one. But so, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep track of it for sure. Yeah. This, is a, this is a big one. Uh, Activision the impossible pivot? The, the impossible pivot. Um, hope, hopefully unrelated. To any of this, pause. EA did a, a state of play or state of play. Yes, they did. E- EA did uh, EA, EA play. play. EA play. EA play. <laughs> EA, play. EA play live. 
EA Play. Um, so, so EA has Play. Sony has State of Play. Yeah. There's the Steam Deck and the yeah. Stream Deck. Are we running out of names for things? <laughs> I think. Mm. We, hey, listen. The Next Lander is a great name. Uh, yeah. It's, an, it's a great name. And it's got Come, a real welcome great. to Next Lander Play. Um, so again, t- taking a breath. I don't want to mm-hmm. roll un- inadvertently roll EA into this. Uh, you know the the trail of this Activision Blizzard stuff. But EA did have um, uh, their yeah not E three kind of E three adjacent. Uh, um, let's talk about our upcoming games. Yeah, let, let's talk about some things that we would like to show you about our upcoming lineup that do not include things like Dragon Age, that do not include things like Skate, that do not include things like Mass Effect. Those were definitely not shown. Uh, and and kind of known quantities not to be shown. I f- I feel like at least for Skate they got out there and said, uh-uh, not happening, right? Um, they Before also, um, they also uh, had stuff we knew was going to be there, like Battlefield. And um, I'll go through some of the stuff that I thought was interesting. <laughs> some of this is just going to be everything they showed because it wasn't really that long. But this was their EA, EA Play lineup. Uh, they had a game um, that I had not seen before. Well, no, we did see this before. Lost in Random, that that Burton esque um, game where you have not little... seen in this amount of detail before. I don't think. Yeah, this is made by Zoink, uh, and uh, is coming out this September, so pretty soon. It's got a real, real heavy Tim Burton vibe to it, which I'm not. I'm not knocking against it, but it's uh, if it jogs the memory of what this thing is, uh, and it looked neat. What they showed, it's kind of uh, action RPG ish. I, I don't know how much how much points are dropping into stuff but you have this d- deck and a dice it's, it's got a real vibe to it I, I Gosh, think that, yeah i just played the first five seconds of the trailer and it is extremely danny elfman at the front yes yes uh, so right yeah not only right the the the, the burton elfman combo is is strong there um, but you know if you're going like gaming comparisons i would say it has the flavor of something double fine might have made in the sure. late aughts early teens yeah it looks yeah. really nice this is an this is an ea originals right yes it's a swedish studio like this they're still, they've still got the originals label imprint going uh the um the i would say double fine but it seems heavier on mechanics uh, right on, on game mechanics that not is maybe the, not where double fine's <laughs> games shine brightest yes no not, not the brightest um the other thing that stood out to me, Grid Legends by Cody's, uh, Codemasters. Uh, if you remember, Codemasters acquired by EA not too long ago. Uh, Grid Legends, now it's a racing game, mm-hmm. as you might expect from Codemasters. Stop us if you heard this one before. But it's got a live action story in it. They're filming. There's actors in there. Like video? Like, like full motion? Yeah. Video? Huh. Like, hmm. Like it's got a, it's got, should we say, can we call it FMV if it's just the cutscenes? I don't know. Wait, was that not the F1 game that had the story mode or am I, am I high? I don't know. You might be high. Uh, okay. Because they the, did, they, they, there's the F1 game that just came out and then Grid, I, mean, I think you're right. I think actually it was Grid Legends that had the FMV. Grid Legends is the one where they're sitting there and those, those guys are staring at each other and then they fight. Uh, they push each other really quickly. There's two drivers. There was also the footage of the you can mix and match cars, and it was just like a racing semi knocking over an F1 car. <laughs> was that Grid Legend? I don't remember that. I was too struck on the like, oh, these are actors. This is this is real video. Well, Grid is the one that spawned out of their Toka Race Driver series, mm. which was about multiple. Like it was sort of like Forza, and then it was about a bunch of different racing disciplines. But it, before, it wasn't really about combining them into the same races. So that's that's an interesting twist, I think. 
Remains to be seen, though one can hope that there is video of the drivers when you pull up alongside a car and look in the window. I really, oh, yes. really, really, really hope there is. As flat a texture as possible. Oh, please. Just get that technology from the Daedalus encounter That's where they right. map the faces yes. onto the astronaut models. And also get Tia Carrere while you're at it. Yes. Sure. Tia Carrere is my wingman. It's my turn left, turn right. You forgot the orbs. Uh, that's if you a win, she starts singing Ballroom Blitz. <laughs> that's that's a 2022 uh, piece of software there. Codemasters Grid Legends. Um, Apex Legends, new season coming out. Emergence, that's happening very, very soon. I think next week, um, August 3rd. Uh, you know, there's Seer, the new character. They showed some of that. Apex Legends, big on that EA list. But... I think the thing that uh, they spent the most time on, or at least the thing that was most stand out to me, was that Battlefield uh, uh, portal. And we'll, we'll get to the other Dead Space stuff in, in a minute. Uh, but that Battlefield portal stuff, the stuff that's in 2042. Yeah. Has this been announced or shown? No, I believe the portal stuff was new. But also, like, when you talk about, you know, Mass Effect wasn't here, Dragon Age, Skate. Like, yeah. they, are, they are really all in on Battlefield 2042 for the year, right? Some yeah. of this like, stuff that is, seems that is really their cool. thing. 2042 might be i don't know all right so i i went and looked at a lot of this stuff up because i was a little confused at what what the package is for battlefield 2042 so in battlefield 2042 there are three things apparently all-out warfare and that's kind of your standard battlefield stuff like conquest and breakthrough that's your that's your get in there 128 players v 120 or 128 players on new consoles and pc and 64 on uh last gen stuff right right so that's the that's your kind of bread and butter. There's this thing called Hazard Zone, which I guess is TBD, which but it sounds like it's in the battle royale squad battle royale realm, but they all have also said this is not your typical battle royale thing. So this is all TBD. Their quote is squad up and drop down into the hazard zone, an all new high stakes multiplayer experience. Don't know what that is, unannounced. The thing we got was Battlefield Portal. And that was the, right. the the third pillar in this three-legged s- stool of Battlefield BF 2042. So this is all coming out when Battlefield comes out in October. Yes. Um, uh, so what is this thing? This is basically a multiplayer editor where you can go and, and kind of mix and match stuff from BF Battlefield 1942, Bad Company 2, and Battlefield 3. Some maps from those games. Weapons vehicles Wait, uh, did, they sh- did they show those maps from the th- previous games like are they, they just now, lifted- they announced a few of them and i think they showed a couple of them like yes. are they just lifted straight from those games i have to assume they're like redoing assets and stuff yeah, to they're, they're, oh, bring- I, almost yeah. assuredly okay because a lot okay. of those games did not run in 4k yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they absolutely retouched it says it said on their site that they are redoing these maps it's i don't know a lot of maps i'm not a map guy so brad if you recognize these let me please print I, uh, unless it is let's see Unless it is Wake Island or Battle of the Bulge from 1942. That's about all I've got for you. Well, you're in luck. Battle of the Bulge is one of them. Okay, that was the extent. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty. 42 is pretty much the extent of my Battlefield fandom. Uh, Arika Harbor and uh, Valparaiso from Bad Company 2. Battle of the Bulge and uh, El Alamein from 42. Yeah, I remember remember that one too. Uh, And uh, Caspian Border and... No, share canals from BF3. So I those think Caspian are, Border is one of the ones they showed on the stream. Uh, they're all getting touched up. Obviously, they're going to support 128 players on, on the new consoles uh, and on the PC. I think 
think they alluded that there might be more stuff they're pulling from later on. These are just the maps they're going to launch with. Okay. Yeah, they have seven new maps that they're they're putting in for um, 2042 as well. So this Battlefield Portal allows community members to use their logic editor and and like building tools to basically mix and match different eras. I feel, I feel like I'm getting very PR battlefield portal, but it, uh, it, it basically lets you mix and match stuff using uh, their tools. So the stuff they showed was like, Hey, you can have world war two soldiers versus uh, battlefield three or modern soldiers. Uh, or you can have all knives or all, I think, what did they use? Defibrillator kits. Uh, uh, you know, they can have, you could do, a lot of different stuff. It is funny though. One of their quotes though, I saw on the uh, portal release battlefield portal release was quote, there will be some limitations such as not being able to build a battle Royale mode. <laughs> so, so I guess they are, they are making sure you can't go too, too far and recreate some of their maybe planned other modes in the game. Yeah. I mean, that feels like such a gimme, like, <laughs> Hey, this is going to be our first big DLC push after yeah. launch thing. <clears throat> I mean that was the last battlefield as well, right? What was the name of their their battle royale fire team, firestorm, fire something? <laughs> I don't remember because I don't think that many fire people bolt. got into it. Yeah, I don't know how popular, but like they, they've always kind of been in that realm of like, yeah, we're doing battle royale, but it's not really battle royale. It's our own spin on this, but we're kind of doing. But I mean, it. they saw Warzone; they have to know. Yeah, so that's course. that's this hazard zone thing that nobody. It's yeah, yeah, not really yeah. known yet, and, and uh, yeah, even that's... as the time of this recording, people are still kind of trying to figure it out, or at least when I checked before we went in here. Yeah. So, um, so they have a visual. Um, it looks like Visual Logic. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the the Logic Editor. It's kind of like very. It seems to me very visual based. You're kind of uh, connecting nodes to kind of uh, map this stuff out in terms of what happens. And then you can share these. Uh, there are ones that the, the EA and their community officially will be making, and then the community can share these. So if you don't want to make them, kind of like you know Mario Maker, it seems like you can load up favorites and, and other things like that and play on them. Yeah, so, so that seems like, very so neat. Basically, like, sorry, it's basically just like in-game mod support, right? And in kind of a limited fashion, like in a limited fashion, like you know you have to use their tool set, obviously. But um, right. it, it almost reminds me more of Forge, uh, Forge mode in, in sure. Halo. Yeah, uh, like Far Cry has been doing this the last couple games as well. Like yeah. Far Cry 5 had that pretty extensive arcade or whatever it was they called it. And like you see people making some fairly out there stuff in those. I don't know how weird this will get. Yeah, I, or what the playlist will look like and, and you know, what the rotation. Because sometimes surfacing the really good stuff can be hard. So hopefully they have good tools for that. And uh, hopefully, I mean, this stuff seemed interesting. I, it was unclear to me exactly if this is true or not, but it's in, in looking over this and trying to dig into it, it did seem like you could balance some of the weapons and I'm not 100% sure if that's true. Cause they, they had a thing, a, some kind of statement that said, uh, there's no reason world war two weapons have to be outgunned by, uh, modern weapons. So I don't know if that means, Hey, you can, you can shift the tide or, or just use a slider, you know, to say like, Hey, the firepower on these weapons is going to be a little stronger than maybe some of the other ones. So I'm not exactly sure of the balancing act there quite yet. So this is going into alpha very shortly. Uh, and then beta apparently is supposed to start, um, or this, this just leaked right before this recording, uh, I guess September 6th. So that just came out on reddit they had said it was going to go into beta in september but i guess the dates just got out there that's pretty soon that's pretty soon so it's supposed to be again in alpha uh the other thing that is has come out uh cross play and cross progression 
which uh, is pretty fucking awesome. Okay. Uh, I love it when a game does that. So that's also being tested out. So cross-play, obviously, meaning you can play with anybody else on different consoles, though you cannot play cross-gen, right? That makes sense. Ooh. Like, hey, if you're in the one, anything that supports 128 players, you'll be able to play together. But if you're on older generation stuff that only supports 64, obviously, you can't play cross-gen. So no PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 4 and Xbox Series X. And uh, cross progress, please. Thank you. Yes, let me or progression. Let me keep my characters there, uh, or my 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 stuff there. The other thing that was weird here, and you guys correct me if I'm overthinking this. They said XP like going towards your battle pass will also be gained in Portal. Hmm. Does that seem like people are gonna like game those maps? Do people do that anymore? Or am I just oh, am I overthinking it? Hundred percent. Oh, okay. Day, day one. <laughs> like <laughs> anything you can exploit in the level editor to get all the XP as fast as possible is going to happen. Instantly. All right. Yeah. Look, look for those like uh, uh battle pass maps that come out. Like uh, I'm sure there'll be a red for those. I don't know. Maybe they'll figure out a way to do it, but that was their big um, uh, reveal for portal. If you're more interested, you should go watch the, the trailer for it. It was a, like, it's very bombastic. It's very silly seeming. It's, Still don't love the whole climate change angle of this thing, but <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think I mean, also it's too late to walk that back. I think also the thing that bothers me a little bit, but again, if I take the silliness path with it, it doesn't bother me as much. Of like, oh, suddenly there's like teleporting and time travel, and the first thing everybody does is just run at each other with their knives um, to just kill each other, right? Like we transported this whole army from the '40s, now just run into this apocalyptic battlefield and and don't don't take a second here. gotta shoot something i guess i don't know <laughs> that's right i gotta defib somebody uh so that was that but that wasn't the only thing ea had to reveal oh they also i i get in looking this up i guess this was a known quantity but um kind of it's been rumored heavily but i don't think it had been like actually actually confirmed anyway brad what do we got what's ea so I, I was not there for the stream. I mean, I watched the trailer afterwards, but did they, yeah. was this very much their one last thing? Yes, it was. Yes. Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, they're, they're, that long rumored Dead Space remake is officially happening. Yeah. Which I am weirdly very excited about. I fucking love the first Dead Space. Very good game. And two. <laughs> Three's okay. It's got some interesting ideas and some problems. Three's, three's not so great. The gun editor was very cool. The weapon... Yeah. Upgrade system in three. It was very cool. The microtransaction stuff less cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm I think the reason I'm very excited about this is because the Callisto protocol is also happening. Because normally my reaction to this would be like, you already made Dead Space One. Why don't you make a new Dead Space Four? Why don't Why don't you do a new one? But we're kind of already getting that. Like right, that, that's the people that are the ex-visceral people that's, making that's like, game, it's, right? it's literally like Glenn Schofield and, and Steve mm. Paputis and like other developers from the first game are making that game in the PUBG universe. Oh. Which also, yes. boy, like every time that detail comes back, it's like yes. a kick in the back of the head. Like, that's what the Callisto Protocol actually is. Like, didn't that first reveal trailer have somebody in like very PUBG-looking like prison jumpsuit I believe so, yes. Or something. <laughs> but also with like the little diegetic health meter in the back of their neck like dead space it's like ah we fucking whatever we know who is paying our bills but we're making one of those um anyway like we're getting a new game in that style from them so i'm like happy to see this remake uh from ea but like 
The other thing that really jumped out to me is that the reporting about this says that the Resident Evil 2 remake was the thing that inspired them to do this mm. and that that's what they are taking some guidance from as they figure out what to do with this because that remake was so good. Like, yeah, the, it was so good. And I think it was good about addressing the things about original Resident Evil 2 that were well, not the best. That's the that's the, that's where that's where the disconnect comes in though for me because like RE2 the original pretty fucking old and dated at this point. Yes. Like, the game does not hold up in in a modern context, right? So, like, that remake really modernized a very old, clunky game. Whereas, like, I haven't played Dead Space 1 since it came out, but part of me feels like if I threw that game in the Series X tonight and went and played it, it would probably hold up pretty well. We Yeah, we watched... Uh, so, yeah, Abby played it. Yeah, friend of the pod, oh, Abby right. Russell. We I watched forgot. her play through it. And I, I'll say, you know, I think there are some things you could do with the gameplay, perhaps pulling from some stuff that you put put into the sequels, that would make it a little more varied than what's yeah. in that first game. Cause the first game is pretty by the numbers as far as like action, dread, action, dread. Yeah. First, and then graphically game, it could definitely use a pass. Well, sure. Sure. Like first game is very haunted house in space. Like yeah. it's just very self-contained environment, like one place that you backtrack to and fro in. And then like two got a little more uncharted with like big set pieces. And like now you're out in space and going to different places and stuff. But yeah, I mean, they, they've said exactly what you just said, which is that like, Oh, we're, looking at ideas from the subsequent games like the zero G sequences and we might roll some of that stuff in. Mm. Um, they've also talked about, I mean, it is a f like from the ground up remake, not just a remaster HDification. Um, and they've talked about going back and like, ah, we're, you know, looking at old level design that was like maybe too big or elaborate to do on those old consoles with only half a gig of Ram in them. And like, now we've got all this beefy new hardware. Also, it is a next gen only game. It's not a, right. This, this is not a PS4, uh, Xbox one game. So like, They've got all this beefy new hardware there, so they're saying, like, ah, maybe we'll take some of those more elaborate level design ideas they couldn't do before and roll some of those in. So, like, if they do go that RE2 remake route of, like, really expanding out what the game is, like, it could be pretty cool. Like, it's... I, I, I'm I'm of the mind that they should just shoot their shot entirely with anything they want to do right. for yes. Dead Space like, going forward, because like, there is no guarantee they'll get to make another one of these. Like, like I like I would be happy if this was more of a reboot than a remake, I think. Like, you know, yeah. take, those, take those same elements and, like, go in some new directions with it, so... It could be pretty exciting. Yeah, the uh, I, I really like Dead Space. I, I'm i a little concerned the things I love about Dead Space are the most easily breakable. Like mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, the sense of Isaac's weight in that suit, you know, the sound design, the... The, the breathing. Of, the breathing, yeah. Like, <laughs> like the stomp, you know. Yeah. The, like the, there's a lot of really small touches in that game that go a long way the there's a lot of cornball stuff in that game too maybe they get, i don't know if i like it for better or worse there's a lot of cornball sure. stuff in that game dude like the, the dismemberment mechanics are so like that cheesy. is great they're so yeah. I mean, they are great but they're also such cheesy video game shit it's like <laughs> yeah. it's, definitely it's so like mechanically obvious <laughs> like they straight up the first fucking gun they give you lets you literally rotate the beam yeah, I, vertically it's like you're not even <laughs> pretending what this game is uh, and I like and I like that. But the the things that I, I hope they it would be interesting to see creative solutions, not solutions, or upgrades or visual even visual treatments to what I think were outstanding visual design at the time, and that's a lot of the UI. That was one of the 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 games that stood out at the time for doing minimal UI on the screen, if maybe almost zero, right? It was it was mostly think, Isaac's I, rig I think, and I think it is all it is all in game. Uh, and the map and the, uh, and the, you know, it projects out from you when you're in the game, the, um, um, 
thing where you dribble the basketball and you know the waypoint shoots out of your hand to show you where you're supposed to go. All Dude, of that yeah. stuff was that, amazing. That game was like I I want to say I I don't know if I have the timeline exactly right. I think we went to TGS and we came back and like a review copy of that had shown up in the mail. I think and, you're right. I mean, this was 2008. I mean, the you know that would have been around that time. I think. Um, anyway, like zero expectations for what it was, and like the name was pretty generic, and mm. like never heard of the studio before, and it was just like, oh, I'll check this out. Sure, like somebody needs to review this, right? And then like getting a couple hours into it and just going, holy shit, where did this come from? Like, yeah. damn. It's it, it did a lot of really exceptional ground. I mean, groundbreaking is too big a term, but I thought I thought really visually groundbreaking yeah. stuff, just in terms of the at the very least the UI stuff. But I think atmospherically, yeah, a total total horror movie. Like you know, it was very tropey, but like yeah. you know, they did the alien thing very well. Yeah, with it, all the lighting and industrial environments and stuff. Yeah, but it de- yeah, it definitely leans on a lot of tropes. I don't, and and then you know, again, I wouldn't mind a bit of a realignment on some of the story stuff because I do think it gets up its own butt. Pretty oh, quickly. the marker, the worship of the marker, <laughs> and it's like the two like this, and three really this, this cult of people who are like desperate to become these like hideous, you know, yeah. like mutated creatures. Like that doesn't sound appealing to me, but sure. Well, they like like yeah, as they move forward in the series, I, I think it gets away from them a little too much. I do. It's not even talk about where that series goes. Uh, but yeah, remember this the, remember the Mad Moon. It's so silly. The whole thing gets. But one. <laughs> One has some definite pitfalls, but one, uh, I could see them tightening it up and, and making something, uh, re- really, really great. And, uh, I think like you said, that game didn't come out. So Capcom resident evil two originally was released in what? Then 2000 was that Wait, when, when did already two originally original yeah. 98, Jeez, I believe 98. I believe, yeah, it, so, believe it was 98. So going back to that thing, you were going to really, really make some significant leaps right. and bounds upgrades. Yes, like sure. that game really needed a remake. Like arguably this one doesn't desperately need one, but yeah. it's still a nice like again, like uh, that's why I hope this is kind of a reboot for Dead Space, like that they yeah. have plans to stick with it and take it somewhere. So I mean, we'll if nothing else, it's indicative that like EA is maybe now a little less gun shy about getting out there and trying some stuff that is not just sports and battlefield. Yeah. yeah. Like that was that was the other thing in the reporting was that Jedi Fallen Order doing so well was part of what convinced them that like oh hey people do still like single player oh. story story driven games maybe we could still do those oh man um, finally something Star Wars actually did that was good yeah that whole yeah. dark time of the no more single player third person action adventure everything's a live service I mean we're yeah. still living that no we're uh, still living in that part of it but. Mm-hmm. And this is motive, right? Doing this, yeah, this yeah motive, yes, motive. So they are definitely recruiting from the Canadian developer scene. Okay. That's where they're based. So people wow. from Ubisoft, people from Bioware, you know, working on this. I wonder if they will uh, pull out some of the files and reference material that I remember seeing for from Visceral for um, uh, Dead Space. They had a lot of I making saw of one of the one of the artists who worked on the on Dead Space Two. I think tweeted that he found his old notebooks from Dead, Dead Space Two gross. in working for this project. So like he's got some original material there. I remember it being very gross. There's some very real like oh um, that eyeball scene. Uh, Ugh. Um. So yeah, EA Play. Uh, it happened. Uh, yeah, Ooh. the Dead Space remake, Battlefield Portal. Did they? I think, they didn't put a date on Dead Space, but I'm sure that's pretty early, right? They showed like the the footage they showed was just barely a teaser of like some rooms on a yeah, spaceship. Exactly. I assume, yeah. I assume that's very early. That that 
teaser ended and did not go back to studio. It was the like teaser ends and then it's thanks for watching the the yeah. EA play. So that was the end of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I thought uh I thought um Austin, not Austin Walker, Austin Creed did a, a good job hosting that thing. But it was a uh, uh, pretty good, very charismatic character there. Did you watch? Uh, did you catch up on any of it, Brad? Afterward, not the like show. I just watched okay. like footage of the games, but I didn't watch the actual like presentation with the hosting and stuff. It was interesting to see uh, Xavier Creed introduced as Xavier WWE superstar Xavier Creed, and then everybody call him Austin Xavier Woods. Sorry, sorry, Xavier Austin Woods. Austin Creed is yes. the other. <laughs> sorry, not Xavier not Woods. The game. Yes, and then everybody just call him Austin from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> introducing you know. Xavier Woods. It was like when we do do his top 10 list every year. It's always, you know, Xavier (laughs) Woods' top 10 games, but then it's like, it's him and Kenny just calling each other Austin. Like it's, 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 he, he he slides in and out of it. It's, it's very funny. But yeah. And then again, I think a a pretty good job hosting that thing because there were some cornball stunts during that thing, but, uh, they were pulled off. Okay. He, he sold it real well. Sold it. All right. Um, yeah. So lost and random apex legend grid legends. That's the one with the FMV stuff, battlefield portal and some dead space remakes or at least one. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and then, um, the other news bit we had here were some numbers coming out for PlayStation. Yeah. So, yeah. Real quick, just to, you know, this is pretty nuts and bolts, but, um, Sony's out there, a ballyhooing <laughs> the fact that the PlayStation five is the fastest selling console of all time, because of course they are, because why wouldn't you? Yes celebrate that uh they have sold 10 million ps5s despite the supply constraints which is kind of crazy to think about um and i guess the ps5 has beaten the ps4 to that figure by i don't have the exact number of days in front of me but by by at least a few weeks i want to say okay um they're selling a lot of ps5s is the point um but they also got out there with some game sales numbers which i thought was a little more interesting i mean like of course they're selling a lot of ps5s yeah. Right. Anytime they're in stores, they disappear immediately, right. and it's not right. all bots getting those things. <laughs> yeah, but like, but but enumerating these these specific game sales figures, I thought was pretty interesting. They've sold six and a half million copies of Miles Morales, which is mm. uh, it's a pretty good, it's a, a solid attach rate. Very good. Yeah, it's a solid attach rate of, of you know sixty five percent or whatever. Um, they threw out stats about MLB The Show twenty one, which you may remember is also on the Xbox family of consoles. Yeah, I'm guessing they don't mention that part. Well, so they, they, the way this is written out is 2 million across all platforms, 4 million okay. players. What does that Interesting. mean? Interesting. So I, I assume like when they say number of players, they're talking about Game Pass. They're talking about subscription services. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I so I guess it's 2 million, probably, presumably, vast majority direct sales on PS5 or on PlayStation. Gotcha. I okay. assume they didn't sell a ton of copies on the Xbox, but I could be wrong. But then... Hmm probably a bunch of people was that game also a playstation plus game no no know. it was not it was, a, was i like, think very specifically that's right not. that's right it was very conspicuously available on microsoft's subscription <laughs> service but not sony's yeah right and a deal uh-huh. that was apparently struck with the mlb specifically yes. right 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 um returnal did five hundred and sixty thousand to date and that came um, out what march february april april yeah which okay. like, you know, like fairly modest but i mean i, I don't know it's kind of a niche game. I it's think. a niche game from a studio that has not traditionally made $70 games. No, like they're, you know, housemark, very like downloadable indie type focus for the yeah. most part. So like, I, I wonder if like the scope of development on that was relatively small. 
I wonder. I, I they, mean, that's you know the, the way it, you know the way it reuses a lot of assets and level designs and stuff. I wonder if. I assume it's their biggest game. Like, oh, for sure, like, easily selling wise, easily. Oh, but also in terms of the scope. And then Ratchet okay. has Ratchet has sold one point one million in the last six Month? weeks. Six yeah. weeks ish. Hell of a game. Not shabby. No, Spider Man getting out love, there though. Huh? I would love to know how that compares to other major Ratchet releases because I don't. I I, I always assumed that was like a well selling game franchise kind of yeah. through, across the board but i don't actually know i bet favorably if i had yeah. to guess i would say that just given the lack of other games to buy on the ps5 right now in a review extremely well. well so i i went and looked back at the ratchet franchise recently because in my mind they've just i think i even said this on a podcast recently that like they've just been steadily cranking them out mm-hmm. but that was actually not right i think they only put one out on the ps4 they did it was that remake was f- future but then the the reason, no, that was before. That's that's oh. the thing. The reason I thought there were so many is they put out something like ten <laughs> Ratchet and Ratchet adjacent games in the PS3 era. Mm. Like I think mm. most of them were on the PS3, but some of them were PSP and Vita games. Mm. I think yes. there, actually, I don't know if there was a Vita game or not, but there were definitely like there was like Secret Agent Clank and some other PSP games. But also they were two just two or three on PS2, right? They were well, yeah, yeah. That's where it started. But yeah. I mean, but they, it was just there was some real. Ratchet saturation, some ratcheteration. Sure. Yeah, okay, you're almost there. I mean, you could have said they were clanking them out. That would have been an yes. easier oh, bit of wordplay. Okay. But okay. yep, that's right. Uh, anyway, yes, there were a lot of ratchet games in the PS3 era, and then they have trailed off. But anyway, I am wondering, I, I, and maybe the timing doesn't completely line up on this, but like, I wonder if that might have been part of the reason that Insomniac kind of went away from just making Sony stuff for a while there, because. You know, they wanted to. They wanted to branch out. They were. They were also. They did those. Uh, those shooters for the PS3. Didn't yeah, they, they? were kind of around for. They're they're spreading themselves around for a while. They did. Um, the hell were those games called? Oh, uh, well, there's Fuse. No, not Fuse. We, I'm thinking of like, there's like a franchise this. they did. Resurgence or Sunset Overdrive. Resistance. Resistance. God, oh, I man. completely forgot about the existence of Resistance. <laughs> they were not great. Is the thing. Uh, terrible yeah i think i liked one uh and i think i I feel like the multiplayer maybe in two was okay well don't don't forget they they opened a second studio though like insomniac stopped being a single studio developer a -hmm. while ago so they've had resources to juggle multiple projects oh anyway sense of resistance yeah no demon souls sales numbers on this list hmm i wonder what that's about if anything perhaps nothing i hey listen I own Miles Morales, Returnal, Ratchet and Clank. I have not bought Demon Souls yet. Really? Either Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, I mean, maybe in taking the temperature of this, you know, here podcast, maybe it didn't sell as well as you'd think. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I, it, I it's, it's fine. It looks incredible. Like it looks very good, yeah. but oh, it is very much that it. game it is yeah, very yeah. much that game. Like you really, if you played through the original, you really need to want to play that game again <laughs> to get it because it yeah. is that like, I I had mentioned this like when it came out, but like watching NPCs move in that game, like they look very much like PlayStation Three era NPCs mm. <laughs> moving around like very rigidly. The pathing is like super, super stilted and stuff like that. I mean, I think it is like largely the original game running under the hood. I mean, it, it, there's also been the pedal has been down on Souls likes for a while now. Yeah, like there's um. You know, Bloodborne, Demon Souls, uh, and everything that has spawned off and, and reverberated around the Souls likes 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was kind of feeling that when they announced or not announced, but when they finally showed Elden Ring a few weeks ago, like Mm -hmm. it looks, it looks very good. Like I will absolutely play that game, but also like there was a little feeling of, I don't want to say fatigue exactly, but definitely. No, I mean, it's not fatigue again. I will play it, but it was like a, a extreme familiarity. Let's say, it was just very, it was very much like, yep, that sure does look like the next From Software game. Like, I, that looks cool. I'll, I'll play a game like that with horses in it, sure. But, <laughs> but it is that. It's, it's my, it's my, like my wife always says to me, it's hard to get me to go somewhere, but once I'm there, I have a good time. So yeah. like, I feel like, I feel a little bit that way with some of the soul stuff of like, okay, all right. And then once I'm in and I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm, you're right. I am having a good time here. And this is, this is fun. Like I'm ready to come back. Yeah. Something about Bloodborne and never really clicked totally with me. And I think it was really, it was, I think it's the aggressive pace of Bloodborne. Interesting. Uh, that um, you have to be very aggressive and you have to, it's not a defensive game. It always yeah. felt like a very yes. offensive game. That was, me. I think that might be what propelled me through it. It's the only one of their games I have finished that I wasn't finishing for content. Like I finished Demon Souls because we streamed it. But I know it was, it was very attractive in that sense to a lot of people. Yeah. Were like, like I, uh, I, I did not finish any of the three Dark Souls games, but I, I tore through Bloodborne for whatever reason. I still want to go back and do it, but it's it's one of those ones where I just couldn't turtle up and defend my way through. Yes, uh, you definitely. Uh, they definitely expect you to learn the iframes and the parry timing yeah. and stuff. Yeah, which is, which, which is an interesting thing in a, in, a, in a movement that games kind of went in. I think we're still there in breaking breaking stances and parries and being more aggressive, like the Sekiro's and stuff like that. That um, you know have forced me to go on the attack much more. I'm a very defensive player in a lot of those games which is interesting for me because it makes me go out of my comfort zone to be like well you got this you know meter you got to break down before you can do damage so get in there and start attacking people uh which is which is overall good because there's plenty of games that i have that i can turtle up um any other uh comments about the fastest selling console of all time the playstation 5 is it really no it's not are they saying that they can say that. I don't know if it's true, but they're saying that's it. what they're saying. So, what do you think? You think the PS3 was their? Uh, uh, oh, I guess coming off the heels of the PS2, I bet the PS3 sold like hot. Actually, I should. Hmm, I don't know that. Let me confirm here. I will say that uh, one thing that, that deserves an asterisk on this is that uh, a lot of previous consoles did not have a situation where literally online bots were just scooping up consoles <laughs> every time they went online. Well, yeah, but you know, those are all ending up in the hands of people who want them eventually, whether they are paying a premium or not. Well, I, I would, I would ask, I would put the little cross next to it then and say, or like uh, something else, an onk or something and say the market for video games has never been as large as it is. Yeah. True. Absolutely all, true. All I'm saying is that there's definitely demand. Like it's not bots buying all the, or, you know, there is demand for 10 million PS5s oh, of course. more easily. Yeah. These are like, not like, sitting on store shelves. Organic demand is what I mean. Like the, yeah. the, the, they came by these numbers, honestly, whether bots are snatching them up or not i i don't know that they actually i should be fair here i don't know that sony used the fastest selling in history mm, okay fastest selling console in the company's history is what they say okay okay that's that still I impressive would, i would, be, I I would believe some, they would say that if it was true. i see i see that some some analysts on twitter saying that that makes it the fastest selling of all time but yeah i could believe it because beating the ps4 i could believe but being their their best selling or fastest selling console is also very impressive. I would have leaned PS2 if it was going to be any Play, of them. PlayStation, I, like, I, I have thought this for a very long time. PlayStation has an astonishing level of brand loyalty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just wild. But I would have, I, I, with Alex, I would have thought PS2 would have would have moved, but maybe they, 
the market wasn't as big as it is now. And yeah. maybe the, well, the I mean, you remember this is, this is speed. This is not quantity. No, that's sure. what I mean. E- even, even out, out of the gate. Right. Um, I mean, cause also the story, the story of the PS five and this series X and series S to a slightly lesser extent, isn't necessarily how many it's selling. It's how hard they are to still get. Right. That's, that seems to be the narrative out there. Uh, so we assume in the channel versus in people's hands, hopefully 5 million of these aren't sitting in a, uh, a storage container on a loading dock, you know, somewhere in wherever the main hubs are still waiting to hit uh, its destination. Though they could be. I ain't no lawyer and I ain't no, uh, I ain't no dock worker or uh, supply chainist. Supply chainist. That's not me. That's, I'm just old Vinny here running his mouth. Um, and now I'm going to give it a little bit of a, a mouth break. And so uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Neo. The world ends with you. There's no question mark. I editorialized that. Pokemon Unite, Flight Simulator on the consoles and the updates for the PC and some old world. Stick around. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just use ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. Yeah. What, what are you doing on that vacation there? I was. I had to access my GitHub account, uh-huh. and I was doing yes. some coding. And then I'm sure. I, 
I've used my Express VPN and then VPNed into my home computer. Likely story. Uh-huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's That's fast That's what enough. they all it's say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know it. They didn't know a damn thing. Says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN. expressvpn.com slash nextlander. Thanks, ExpressVPN. And we are back. And it's time to talk about the video games that we have touched. Ooh. The video games? Ooh, the. The, video. the dogs. It's time you to bark the about bark? some video games. Yeah. yeah. That was the game bark. It's time. The game bark is, is going off. The, the oh, game, man. The game dog is game barking. <laughs> uh, a game uh, that... Mm, I don't know if there's a segue with dog in it. That has dogged me now. A game... Um, man... Curries. Hey man, hey, hey, curb dude! You wanna, oh. you wanna, you wanna? No sweat, frets here. Fret, sweat, fret. Lower your integer. Uh, we're talking about Neo. The world ends with you. Yes. Uh, newly newest- released sequel to a 2007 DS game. Yeah, it's crazy yeah. to think. Like I had forgotten exactly how long it's been since that first one. Here we are, 14 years later. They have made a sequel to The World Ends with You. Um. Okay. So I, yes. uh, Alex and I, we were just talking before we got back. We, we have played some of The World Ends With You on the, the Nintendo original. DS, the original. Okay. The OG DS game, yes. Yeah, I don't remember much of it. Oh, no, dog. The, uh... <laughs> oh, no. I feel like Is your, someone... dog, your dog has traveled uh, back through time. Because he knows that something, some awful result is going to come from this conversation, and he is doing his best to stop holy, it. Holy like, cow! Like he knows that we're all going to get hit by a bus if we keep talking about the world <laughs> for too long. He's just uh, desperately we, trying to stop us from. He knows what's going to happen. Jeez, some yeah, somebody must be outside, uh, like like warping in to uh, getting ready to. The soon as I say, Rindude. Maybe he's to, trying to fight the noise. Yes. Tetsuya uh, Nomura is outside your house right now trying to attach zippers to everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So we played it. We, we, we were just talking about it. Both of us don't remember a whole lot of it other than the fact that we kind of bounced off of the original World Ends With You uh, back uh, around release. Yeah, I think I may, maybe played a couple of hours of it or something. I don't remember liking it very much, and I don't think I ever touched again after that. Um, so, I, kind of similar here. So is, is this new game essentially the same style of game? It's 3D. The original one was not 3D. Yeah, the other uh, one was like more, and I also think it was more of a JRPG. Okay. Like in terms of like turn, I think it was turn-based combat if I remember oh, correctly. Oh, really? Okay, I was kind of surprised to get into this and find that the combat is very kind of just action arena sort of style. Like, it yeah, is, it's, it's entirely action-based. There is, there is basically, there are no turn-based elements. Like you are just running around an arena when you fight. Let's talk about the world ends with you. The the it's got um Neo the world ends with you. The new yes, one. Yes, that's that's the name of the new one. It feels like it is really trying to push my personal boundaries for what is acceptable attitude in a game. Like this 
it is it is out there, man, really aggressively with the ad. What are you talking about, Vin Dude? Oh man. It's the there's one character, Fret. I th- I think it's really I think it's really like ninety percent of what you're complaining about is actually just Fret. Well, Fret is there's some, well, well that's not true. There there's some a lot of the characters are pretty attitudinal. So there's but, Fret, and then there's um the numbers guy, which I think was also in the original World Learnings with I can't you. remember. Yeah, the guy that talked math all the time. Hey man, we gotta we gotta lower the integers on this battle, oh. or uh, you, you have you have ze- Zeta miscalculated this one. <laughs> yeah, Zeptoids. Gotta, gotta derive the algorithm. Oh man, some of the some of the game barks in that game. Like are, I uh, I I wish I had I wish I had thought to put the language track in Japanese in this game <laughs> because I bet it would be a lot more tolerable that way. Maybe like, the English VO is very over the top. It's so over the top. So the uh, the setup is. You're uh, you're in Shibuya. You are kind of hanging out with your cool friend Fret, uh, and then uh, the Reaper games start. Basically, if it, you know the you you are transported from Shibuya into the world of the Reaper games, where uh, at the end of seven days there will be you're, you're basically dead. At the end of seven days, you have the ability to uh, grant your wish, uh, or I guess you become a Reaper. Uh, I, I think is my understanding from or memory uh, mm-hmm. from from the first one, and uh, you're up against other teams of people who are trying to do the same thing by completing objectives and battling the noise, which are um, these kind of I don't know trans-dimensional monsters, monsters, monsters. monsters. And all um, this is you should all mention all of this is playing out through haunted smartphones, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah, of my, yeah. one of my I will say that is genuinely one of my favorite tropes of recent, uh, especially Japanese games, is the really well rendered group chats and yeah. social media things. This game this game does a pretty good job with that stuff. I'm trying to think what else has done that recently that was. I good mean the persona that. stuff has had that. Mm. Yeah, I feel like there was other stuff too, right? Um Oh, uh Don't uh, kill oh, me. But the, oh, the name escapes me of uh, that sweary game. That side sc- oh god, this is gonna kill me. Not what? deadly oh. permission, but no, 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 no the side no, scroller, yeah, yeah, the, the side yeah. scroller. I didn't play oh, it, but yes. I know what you're talking What's about. What's the name of that game? Oh, this is killing me. It's the missing, long, right? The missing. The, that's right. The with missing. JJ Macfield. Yes, yes. The missing has got some incredible cell phone text text message chat stuff, emojis um, and stickers and stuff in that game. So not only yeah, haunted cell phone, which means your your phone has been taken over by like a Reaper Tech or whatever they call it. The the, the you're, you're in the Reaper verse. Uh, but also pins, yes. like uh, little little button pins, and, and pins the, were part of the original game. Yeah, that's how you get your psych powers and, or your your powers in the in the game. In a battle, each party member has a, a a special power based on what pin you have equipped. You level up the pins; they can evolve. Uh, you collect them all. There's a lot of collecting in that game. Uh, they they go out of their way to even say like, "Hey, do you like collecting stuff?" Because this you're gonna be collecting stuff. Uh, and then you can kind of uh, get into a flow in a battle in this kind of third person battle where it's not quite rhythm game esque, but you are basically pushing things like square, triangle, circle, R one and L one. Which I mentioned, I'm playing on PS uh, on the PS five. It's also PS four. Yeah, I think it's only PS four technically as a release. Yeah, it is a PS four right, game. I actually, that makes me wonder because the load times, of course, are like non-existent in this. Like you get in and out of battle super fast in this, but I wonder. I wonder if they're a lot lengthier on a PS4. They might be. Which, um, would, so, be a, which would be a problem. 
So you're basically pushing squares or, you know, the face buttons and uh, the the shoulder buttons to uh, set off attacks until it says something like, uh, drop I don't the know. Beat. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Drop the isn't beat. It, drop, the the beat. It, drop the beat. Yeah. Drop and the then beat. if you, and if you quickly switch, there's a timer, a circle timer that'll go down. And if you, if you switch to a different a character's attack within that, you got a combo and it'll say like stuck it or stick it or uh, nailed it or whatever it says. And then you kind of attack, 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 attack until it says drop the beat again. And then you can do that. And you're building up uh, a super meter, essentially. Yeah, it like dr- triples your your attack output, I think. Yeah. And then so that's that's the kind of flow of the battles. And after you, build, you beat the battle, you're kind of graded on how much damage you did and how long it took you. And then you get experience points that evolve your pins and you kind of involve your character. The other neat thing, I, I, I don't mind that battle system. I have found it a little tedious because you don't have to engage with as many of the battles as they present. Basically, as you're running around Shibuya, you can hit the, I think it's R1 to scan, to go into vision yes. mode and scan and the area. Scanning, but you're essentially, you're kind of entering like an alternate dimension, netherworld sort of version of Shibuya. Yeah, and then and then you see the encounters on the map, and if you're in proximity to one, they'll start, the encounter representation will start chasing you. And kind of and drift over cha- to you and envelop you. <laughs> yeah, and you can chain up to, I believe, five. It seems like every time I hit five, they just immediately dump me into the battle. But um, five of them together, that way you're clearing out the map, what I think is a little faster, if you want to grind that way. Yeah, but you get you bonuses for that, but at the same time, you, by doing it that way, your health meter does not recharge between battles. Yeah, and and it says, it, I didn't feel it though, it says each each consecutive battle is supposed to get a little harder, but I never really felt that way in that chain. Uh, and so you make it through that battle, you get your XP and you can clear out an area of the map, but as soon as you run back and run back in, everything repops. So you can kind of grind out pins and XP. And that's, that's the, I think that what, and then, uh, I'm sorry. Then there's this other whole part that, which they start bringing in, which is each character has a special unique, Psychability. I think that's what they're called, right? Psychability. Yeah. Uh, uh, which psycho Billy, <laughs> psycho Billy Rock. Uh, which for one character is they can uh, they can uh, jar a memory by kind of reconstructing Dude, a picture. <laughs> if there was, if there is a favorite part of this game for me, it is the splash screen when that character <laughs> used that ability, and it's their big old anime face grinning at the camera with yeah. the word "remind" across it. Like it's just, yeah. oh, it's so good. It's very Phoenix right? Like, uh, uh, so there's there's that. But I also like that it seems like this hand drawn picture of what they're trying to remind the person of, like a, of a person like drawn on a napkin. Yeah. But the, then the mechanics of that are kind of silly. Like it you're doesn't, using the it right- also doesn't feel good to actually do the thing. <laughs> like using the right analog stick and the left analog stick to bring some stuff into focus and, and rearrange it. And then um, I don't want to spoil stuff, but there's other characters get other abilities, which flesh out some of the gameplay and, and make it make more sense into how the pacing of that game is going to go. Like you learn what the main character Rindude's mm-hmm. uh, uh, power is. Wait, Rindo is his actual name. Yeah. Right? No, Rindude, Fred, please. Rin, Rindude is just what Fret calls him constantly. Uh, no sweat, up, Fret. Rindude. No sweat for Fret. Oh man, yeah, Fred. Here's the thing. I have been a lot more anime tolerant in recent years. Like I've I've gotten into I've been watching more of it. I've been finding the stuff that I actually like. I've been like being more willing to kind of accept things that are extremely anime into my life. I don't think the tone I think there is a reason why I bounced <laughs> off the original game, and I don't think the tone here is really much of an improvement from what I so, recall. 
I was going to ask if you remember, is the tone and the aesthetic and the vibe of this thing pretty consistent with that first game? Because if it is, like seeing that that game came out in 2007 feels very appropriate or it, it feels explanatory for me because I feel like this sort of fascination with like Shibuya and like, you know, fashion in Japan and stuff was like really big then. It was. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I don't think that ever completely went away. Like there are games that have continued to leverage that stuff. And I think in general do it well. I think my problem with this one is that I don't think the characters are likable enough to overcome the overall attitude of the thing. They did update the slang, at least, to be more in line with things that kids would actually group text to each other nowadays as opposed to 2007. And, you know, I don't mind that the soundtrack feels like it was pulled out of the Tony Hawk circa 2004 reject yes. pile. The, the soundtrack definitely feels like a throwback to about 10, 15 years ago. And I, I don't mind it because I, I will say early aughts aesthetics and music and, and culture is coming back kind of into vogue That's now, whether exactly. it should or not, it is. That's why I bring that stuff up is like trying to figure out if this is almost an intentional throwback to that era. I think to some degree it is. But the, the, the calculation they make that is, I think, completely wrong is that if you're going to make background music in the world have lyrics, they cannot be bad. The song cannot be bad. I cannot hear the same bad song every time I go yeah. into an environment. And the song, especially in that main Shibuya era mm. area, is fucking bad. Uh, I, I don't mind some of the music. The, the game does one thing that bugs the hell out of me, which is... If you go into a menu, it starts the menu music from the beginning. And as soon as you back out of the menu, it starts the area music over from the yes, beginning. Yes, it does. Like, so every time you go through an exit or go into a menu or do anything in the game, it starts that background track at the beginning again. And just yes. you're, you're hearing the first 30 seconds of that song over and over and over. It It it's is a little bit. Against the world! <laughs> against the world! I, I don't know. I'm, I'm mixed on the game. I do like some parts. Of, I like some of the attitude. Some of it is fine, but I don't fun. think it translates into anything that interesting. Like, I think the combat system they're doing here, which is obviously it, it's different because it's not on the, you know, the DS. Um, it's just it's not like there's something to this combo idea, the way that they are affixing the combo system to mm -hmm. those encounters. But I have yet to be in a battle I was actually interested in or invested in. You yeah, know, it just feels pretty, like I'm just trying to push past it. It's pretty it's pretty mashy. And also, I've, I've had a little bit of a hard time getting my head around the combat because you're essentially controlling the entire party at once. Like, yes. You're kind of mostly controlling the character that you're actively attacking with. But, like, it's not really one-to-one -one movement control with anybody. Like, it's it's kind of a strange control scheme. I've been playing it like drum fills, where, like, I will hit with a few attacks with one guy, and then the next guy, and then yeah. the next guy, and I'm kind of cycling around in different rhythms. And that works to a certain degree, though you can tire out your characters, and that means right. that they have yeah. to recharge their abilities. Yeah, like, the... As I got further into it, I, I have, like, peaks and in, in, in valleys on, this, on the combat. Like, sometimes it feels like I just can do this with my eyes closed uh, for some battles and just yeah. hit the buttons and get through it uh, later on characters start knocking you back in ways that break your combo so they they actually fight back a little bit and you're not just squashing them you get you get a little um certain pins and certain abilities have in, uh, give weakness to enemies or they're they're weak to a certain thing openings become a little bit more important it seems like oh those charge ones you want to use for an opening and then use the quick attack ones to follow up so it does get a little bit more involved but i'm not i'm not sure the balance of how many battles i have to do versus you know i'm one who's like okay if you're going to put battles in front of me i'm probably going to take them all so that i can be as leveled up as possible by the time i get to the big thing 
But doing that in this game, I think you could burn out on it. I think I think you yeah. can burn out on those battles, especially between the music, like we talked about. I'm with Alex. I find the music grating at points where it's just like, just is there an option? To, I looked in the menus. I didn't see it, but maybe it's still there to turn off just the barks, the game barks, to just be like, can we? Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, a character. Fred goes, did I do that? Did I do that? <laughs> like again, like other, like like I said, I, I do wonder how much of that yeah. is the localization, like grading. Maybe. In a way that maybe the Japanese wouldn't. Yeah, maybe maybe I just switch it over. You you can only I did look about <laughs> this just speaks to it. I did look about twenty minutes into the game to switch to the uh, Japanese uh, VO, and you can't do it unless you back out to the yeah, uh, main. That's, menu. that's what stopped me. It was like yeah. ah, I don't really want to interrupt <laughs> right. where I'm at in the game to go change this. Yeah, um, it's it's a little like it's a bit like unstuck from time. Like it, it's a yeah, little it, bit of a. It does feel a little bit like a throwback to me. Like yeah, uh, they, they also I'm. Not completely sold on the way they handle camera angles while you're running around like this extremely low to yeah. the ground. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there's no camera control in the overworld. Yeah. Like it's, it's fixed angles. They do move dynamically as you move around, but there was one spot where I was doing just like a multiple instances where you have to kind of run around looking for like specific graffiti yes. to run up and hit a button yeah. on. And like the camera angle was so extreme on the wall that the graffiti was on that I needed to, to, to hit that I didn't even yeah. see the graffiti. Like, cause I could barely see the wall from that angle. Like it's, it wants to be fun and I want to have fun with it, but <laughs> I am not having fun with it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just not like, I, mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I'm doing quite yet. I'm a I little at, at odds. I kind of, I kind of admire its verve. <laughs> like it's, it is cheesy and over the top, but it's got, it's gotten a certain quality that I find appealing. But the gameplay is pretty repetitive and not super engaging. It knows what it wants to be, and I can respect that. It's just what it wants to be does not jive with my sensibilities really yeah. very much. I really, I, I, I really liked the part where. So there are teams, like you said, competing in this game to kill yeah. all these monsters in Shibuya, and they all have names like, I, I'm trying to remember, the Throne Breakers and like, you know, like real, mm-hmm. and, then, and then they're like, and then there's our Dark Horse candidate, Rindo's group. Oh, right. Yeah, that was a good bet. And the, and, and the goth girl Reaper representative gives you a hard time because Fret didn't bother to change the default name when he yeah. signed up your group. Please, she's a goth good. cat girl. Let's Let's get all the way with it. Okay. That's fair, but he he just left Rindo's group as the default. I thought that was yeah. That's a pretty and, good bet. That's a pretty good bet. Uh, there is not it, again. It's not that there is nothing in there that's likable. There are little bits that I think kind of shine through. It's just that the overall like production does not feel like it has a whole lot there for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. Like again on on the uh, on Vinny's next lander scale of after we're like, will I continue with this one? I think I'm probably going to put it down and pick up intermission. Like, I think I'm going to yeah. go back. To oh, you're Final finally Fantasy. ready for that now. It, fi- it drove you to it. No, <laughs> listen, I did not dislike final fantasy seven remake. No, I just I thought you just it wanted more it at end. its welcome. I just Hojo's lab does not need to be that long. Okay. There's only so much stuff going on in Hojo's lab. There's, we know what's going on in the lab. It's bad. We, we can figure it out. And we can get out of there. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to, to go back into um, intermission. And, and see what's going on there. I don't know if I'm going to continue with this one. I uh, I think I am not. It wasn't uh it wasn't necessarily doing it for me. Maybe I'll go a little bit further. I'm I forget what day I'm up to. 
like I, I think I'm cl- I'm close enough where I want to see what happens after day seven. Right, like when like they say the game is only a week long, so it made yeah. me wonder like, do you hit day seven and that's just the end of the game, or is there more? I well, bet I there's some, a little bit more. I bet there's something else. So I hit some stuff with Rindu that can very easily make that go on um, mm. past past that um, expiration date. I mean, those first couple of chapters are pretty breezy, but I'm sure they get they stretch out over time. Yeah, and maybe yeah. I'm curious Especially to see. With Rin, oh, with Rin's power, just like his special power, how they also, use that. So many pins you haven't even collected I, I by was, that point. I was I was going to say they do they do sort of gate things occasionally by saying like, "Hey, you can't go through here until you bring me this specific pin yes. that needs to drop off this specific monster." So go kill a bunch of monsters until you get that pin. Yeah, and then they do that with clothes. Go buy some. Go buy these pair this pair of jeans or whatever. I think when I made it back to the front menu after playing, I think I'm on day five or ish or so. It said like. 1.1%. I said like 1%, you mm-hmm. know, completed or 1 or 2%. There's a lot of stuff to collect. There's also like tutorial books I think you collect that just you just collect them, they don't get you anything. Um so anyway, that's Neo The World Ends With You um sequel to uh The World Ends With You from yeah, 2007. I, I, I just checked, I completely forgot. They ported the original game to the Switch. Yeah, 2018. Oh, that's right. Uh, they did. Yeah, two, three years ago. There, yes, there is a Switch version of that I game. I think a mobile version as well. That so. sounds right. Yeah, and I think that both the Switch and the mobile version may have been similar in terms of like how they adapted the DS stuff to for a combat. Mm. Yeah. 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 If, if, I, if I had the... Uh, if I had infinite time, would I keep playing this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's... Put that on my scale. I'm not sure I would. Yeah, I sort of like some of the humor and the attitude, but the gameplay really kind of bouncing off of it. Uh, another one we all uh, got into on last Friday, you can go check us out playing it, was Pokemon uh, Unite. I should have st- gone ahead with my segue. Oh, go ahead, said, sorry, let me go back. So yeah, bouncing, so that, that's the world ends off, with you. Bouncing off the, the gameplay, unlike Pokemon Unite. Uh-oh game pokemon unite is pretty good it's a MOBA. yeah pokemon unite is a moba ass moba which i did not expect so pokemon I mean, unite the the pokemon basic i mean this is a really short setup it's pokemon moba yeah it's a moba like it is more of a moba than i expected quite frankly you know it's definitely it's definitely more approachable in a lot of ways like the matches are limited to 10 minutes which is a big part of the reason i'm still playing it mm. um but it is brutal in the way that MOBAs are that in a way that I did not expect. Uh, anything stand out that you think they're doing better? I mean, you just mentioned the 10 minute thing. So better in this space than other, other established MOBAs. I mean, Dota is the only other MOBA I ever actually spent any real time with. Like I've dabbled with league here and there very briefly, but I'm not, I I haven't played Dota in almost four years either. I mean, Dota is a pretty popular MOBA. Oh, wait, Uh, how many years? Almost four. Oh, my wow. Last, so my, I'm sure my they last, have. my last real match was like end of like October, 2017, I think. Okay. So I'm sure it has moved forward in summer. Dude, they have completely overhauled that game like four <laughs> okay. times since then. Like I barely recognize Dota at this point. Okay. Um, well here, I'll give you my opinion, my brief opinion as someone who has only played a very little, I, I would almost say next to none of a Dota and then zero of like League of Legends. It's fun until until the fun rubs off and you have to take it seriously. It's ah, it, it was, a MOBA. It, it was it was fun until we tried to start to do better, and then it was it seemed like 
still fun, but a different kind of fun that maybe isn't for Vinny Caravella. Like the sure. fun that's like, like, hey, no, seriously now. No, seriously, play a role. <laughs> it was like, yeah, that's, oh, is, that okay. is, that, that genre is incredibly, you know, you have to play this game a specific way. You have to be very coordinated. Like you really have to work together and do everything right if you want to win. Like it is, right. it, it does not allow any room for error. To be competitive. And it, and it expects you to do a lot of counterintuitive stuff. Like, for example, there are certain characters that don't need to level up. They are effective without levels and there are other characters that are useless without levels. And so you have to like, there's that interplay of the support characters have to protect the ones that are useless until they get levels. But new players don't understand that because why wouldn't you want to level up your character? You know mm. what I mean? Like a lot of that stuff is very counterintuitive to the way you play like every other video game. So here's a question I have for you. And this is this is something I will say playing Pokemon Unite last week was my first time actually get putting hands on a MOBA. Um, and I was listening to you talk through it and, you know, sort of recognize the parts that resembled the MOBAs you spent your time in and, you know, the strategies that would be needed to 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 win. The thing I've always been curious about and, and, and you know, we haven't really talked much about your the deep, dark rabbit uh, rabbit hole of MOBAs you went down for a while there. But is that the thing that to you is appealing about these games? The fact that there is such a specific role system for each player and that there are these very like laid out strategies for it? Or is it something but else? The role, the role stuff is a component of it. But the real thing is the, the sense of teamwork and coordination and accomplishment when you get it right. And right. when you really overcome like incredible odds and pull out a win is like nothing I have ever played in a game before. Like, okay. It is, but it takes like hundreds of hours to get to that point. Right. I mean, uh, again, this is a free to play game and like we can talk about the pay to win and like, you know, loot box elements of it if we want, like it is that game, but also like, don't forget that Dota out of the box has got what a hundred and I don't know, 110 different characters in it or something. Yeah. And this game's got like what I think six or eight that you start with before you start buying more. And I think they only well, give you three that are yours and the other ones yeah. are like loners, basically. Right. And and League is the same way where there are zillions of characters. Like like the, a true MOBA-ass MOBA, there is a level of complexity and breadth that this game does not have. So like learning curve on this game is going to be way more gentle than something like a Dota. Well, let me also ask you this question because I've actually always been curious about this. What is it about League that did not pull you in versus Dota? Because, I mean, League is, by all accounts, one of the biggest fucking games in the world. And, you know, I know Dota, like, those internationals are still extremely popular. But, like, I, I, I'm not really sure what the big difference is between the two. Masochism. Okay. Like, Dota, Dota is... Dota lifts every ridiculous mechanic from original Warcraft 3 Dota. Dota mm -hmm. 2 does, I should say. So, like, you know... Last hits and blocking creep spawns and just all the nonsense that you have to deal with in that game is sure. like it's it's terrible. But I find that kind of fascinating. Okay. Also, it's just the game. It's the game everybody I knew played. Right. Okay. So that was that was part of it. But also, like it is it is it is the hardest to master, and arguably has the most depth. I mean, League fans are probably going to be yelling at me right now. Oh no! The, I, like, it's the, I I don't know what the state of you know uh, sectarianism is between those <laughs> those fan bases, but. You know, I, I I can understand that. Like, if you feel like there's just more reward for you from playing that game, then I I can see why you would have leaned that direction. That's, that's kind of what it was. Yeah, I, higher higher learning curve, but more accomplishment at the end. It also seems, and, and again, everybody relax. I don't know much about this space, but it seems to me that learning well 
two MOBAs is just more than any human can take on. Well, like it depends on the MOBAs. Like, a lot of them. Like, League League and Dota share a ton of concepts. Like, League is basically Dota with, like, some of the nonsense sanded down a little bit. So you right. can map characters to other characters and be like, kind this one of, plays like this and this one plays like that. I don't know how many one-to-one comparisons there are, but I, there are definitely characters that are similar enough. And they have, I, you know, like, a lot of the attacks are the same. It's like, oh, this is a skill shot character and stuff right. like that. Because I assume at some point, like a fighting game, you learn the character you want to play with, but you have to learn the opposing character because you have to kind of know what you're up against. Like, it's not really a fighting game. It's it's again, it's much more of a team composition thing. Of like, no one, no one MOBA character is self sufficient. Like they all have to complement each other. So it's it's much less about like this character counters this one other character, and more like, okay, there are five or six different archetypes in this game, and each one each character sort of falls into one of those buckets. So it's like, do we want this support or this support for this game? Which one is going to help this carry more? You know, yeah, I mean? it sort of boils down more to the experience level they have with those individual characters, right? Like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, there are there are counter picks for specific characters, but it's it's a much more of a give and take of what your team is made up of rather mm-hmm. than one character against another character. But if you're on the map and you see, I don't know, Mewtwo coming towards you, like you probably Run. get to know, right? You probably get to know whether they're an like attack character. I don't even know what the archetypes are support character or whatever. Right. Well, they like have like you, defense, they have attacker, they have all rounder. There's a support. Yeah, I don't know if there's more than that. Pokemon. That's the type of terminology they use. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> get into Dota. They just become numbers at some point. It's like, Oh, this is this character. Oh, I'm playing a position five, this game. Oh my gosh. Um, well, so, so for, for people who don't know, and if you don't know what a MOBA is, I don't think we're going to go through exactly what a MOBA is here, but it's a five V five, on um on a on a map where each team is trying to in this game at least I, I can't speak to the Dota or League in this game you are trying to uh, dunk that basketball into the opposing team's uh, little round uh, position on the map is there a term in in, in MOBAs for the well, what those it's things are tower those 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 like dunk pads are not in real MOBAs like they okay. turned this game into kind of a sport like, <laughs> okay it straight up is in a stadium and also like it's only two lanes instead of three and like the the jungle. I mean, they have a jungle, so like it already. Again, it's more of a MOBA than I expected, but like mm. it is a little simplified because you are just trying to score points in these goals. Where and, you know, like in a real MOBA, you're taking towers. Like each lane has towers, okay. and they attack you very hard. Like they towers hurt. You can't go near towers. In and, a, and in a, like yes, well, so this one is definitely like each one has an equidistant. Uh, reach in the middle of the map from the from the starting base and they speed up is this a thing too they they have lanes where you go faster if you not, occupy that territory not really in dota unless they've added that in the last okay. some years i assume that's just to speed up the the pace again it's a 10 minute match so yeah. um maybe that's just the pacing issue and then as you knock down each one of their little towers um it kind of retreats back to their last one and then as you're doing that you're scoring points and as you're doing all of these things each character is is st- starting from scratch there's no in there's no between match um, no the leveling is all within the match yeah so you're getting your i mean this was fun for the pokemon aspect of it you're starting from your base pokemon and you're leveling up your to your charizard and then all of a sudden you're like oh i'm level 3 and now i've got a odd different ability or some other thing until you get your super and that's very fun on the pokemon integration of it to uh evolve your pokemon through the leveling and and get to your 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 end goal there um uh oh the moba buzzer <laughs> uh so so that stuff is 
Pokemon, the Pokemon integration into it, I enjoyed that. Like, you know. It actually, it feels like a really natural fit. Like, there's yeah. a million Pokemon. And the whole thing, it, from what little I know about, you know, defense of the ancients and League of Legends <laughs> is that they, they are very much predicated on here is an insane variety of characters. Yeah. And like, you know, you got Charmander and here we go and here we go and here we go. And yeah. then, uh, you know, I think it got to the point, though, where it was like, man, we're getting when we were playing together, we are getting crushed and I'm not oh, exactly yeah. sure. There was literally why. one match where we scored <laughs> zero points. I'm not exactly sure why. And you know, well, one thing I, I, it, I will say is that we were playing as a team of four and then a yeah. fifth person was generally coming in. And I think that match made us against yes. other teams that were actually talking to each other and coordinated and probably knew what they were doing a lot more than if we were just playing randoms. Sure. I, I think, yeah, we were probably getting put up against other teams that were taking it a lot more seriously than maybe we were and, and we're competing yeah. where we were not. But um but there was still kind of um I thought I thought that game was very light on its tutorialization. It was basically here are the movement controls, here's how you attack. Oh, it's like a ten minute right, tutorial and then you're just in it. And it's like go get them. Where I think I think for me where I was coming from, I could use a little bit more of here are some higher level concepts. You know, here, here, here are what these different types of characters are meant to do. Where some would just say, you know, supporters and their stats, or supporter and then it's stats. I think what I wanted out of, and I could probably get this supplementally online. Obviously, I think what I wanted out of Pokemon Unite was more. Okay, I know the movement controls. I know how to attack. Give me the conceptual MOBA stuff because I, I think I need to know what these different types of characters are supposed to do and conceptually how people play a MOBA because right. I don't. Unless I go to an external source, I'm not getting that within the game or unless I'm logging 10, 20, 30 hours in, you know, with a with a group that is going to very nicely take me through that, uh, then I'm not going to be able to get that. So I wish um, is this Game Freak? I was going to say Nintendo. Ooh. No, what it's Tencent. Oh, Tencent uh, on the development side. Yes. It's one of the okay. Tencent studios is credited up front. Um, so. I would like if they had at least done some conceptual stuff in the game. That's like, okay, you finished the advanced tutorial. You know how to pop your super off. But like, I need to know, you know, Street Fighter got into this territory way later in the game and like Street Fighter 4. It's like, here's when you would pop your super or here's what we expect a supporting role to do. Uh, and that stuff is just not in there. So, eh, you know, I can again, I can get it externally. I'm sure I can go watch somebody's YouTube lore video on Pokemon and 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 MOBAs. So, but I don't know, Brad, you, you see, you're, you have definitely by far the most experience with MOBAs here. You think it's all right. It's not bad. Okay. Most, most of the people I know who I used to play Dota with, who have played, it seem to be pretty, pretty happy with it. I, the, I the, playing, the, playing it last night. <laughs> all right. Uh, are, do you have any issue with the performance stuff? It, it doesn't run. Great. It's a little it chunky. runs much better. It definitely runs better docked, like significantly. Oh better. yeah. Yeah. Yeah which I've mostly been playing it handheld and it's pretty mm. annoying that way. Pretty chunky, especially in the menus. I found the menus yeah. like laggy, uh, yes. which I did not enjoy, but yes. again, it's, it's free on switch. If you're interested in checking it out, I think there's an, um, is there an offline mode? I don't know if there is an, I think there I don't might be think a, so. I mean, there's, there's like just a training, a training. It's like a yeah. practice mode. You know, it's got blind boxes. It's got microtransactions. I mean, I've, I've seen arguments about exactly how pay to win it is. Like some people mm -hmm. say it is and some people say it isn't. Mm -hmm. you, you can never tell with that stuff. 
Well, you can definitely unlo- pay to unlock characters, right? Like you can yes. buy buy your way into more characters. Oh man, I just got to keep grinding out that Gengar. I'm just I'm like I'm like 1500 whatever's away from Gengar. I don't know what those uh, coins are. There's like There's three, at least three currencies in there. At least three currencies in this game. Yeah. And yeah. Energy or something. I don't know what all that stuff does. I just want that Gengar. So yeah. Daddy needs uh, his Gengar. It is on. I want that Garchomp. It is on the Switch now in my house, and I wonder actually, if my kids are going to play it. Actually, actually, I hear Cramorant is getting pretty big in the meta now. Mm. So, okay, got to get in there. Uh, uh, I was a uh, slow bro, slow bro support. That's a uh, shout out to all the slow bro. Yeah, I've mostly been playing Venusaur at the moment, just because that's what I <gasps> we got can't used to. This is so much more of a serious <laughs> conversation about the Pokemoba than I ever thought we would Dude, have. But honestly, it's justified. Look at look at your friends list. I know. Like, okay. I know. Austin Walker, if you're listening to this, I see I see that trainer level twelve or eleven. <laughs> eleven, I think it was actually. I think he was eleven. Pokemeta. Gotta we gotta sync up later. Um other stuff uh uh quickly that I, I tried. I don't know if any of you tried that tribes of Midgar. Not yet. Uh I did and it was a much looser experience than I think I was uh, uh, anticipating. On, Define uh, loose in this case. Um, I wanted to look up if that game was still in early access. Okay. Uh, okay. It's um, a little rough around the edges. Some of the menu stuff and and and, and some of the uh, overlay and UI stuff seemed. Not as polished, I think, as I thought it was going to be. And I think this is all just coming from we saw this game promoted in in kind of on bigger platforms. We saw it promoted in spaces where big budget games are are promoted, like the the fake E3s and whatever else we had in presentations. But, um, yeah, uh, I'll spend more time in it. I did a single-player run through it. You basically are are dropped into this uh, uh, map where you got to go collect some stone, collect some wood, fashion yourselves a weapon. Get, make some armor, and then um, uh, they they kind of spawn a giant on the map who's going to come destroy your your base, and you have to defeat the giant before that happens. And so I did a single player one, kind of wiped. Then I did a multiplayer one, quickly turned off the voice chat, and then um, you know is it, we is it is it run based? Is it like I'm starting a new game? I'm trying to beat this. Oh, I just got flattened by the giant. Now I'm starting another run. Like is that how? So if you're playing with multiple people, they can revive you. Uh, and okay. so you can revive and you lose your souls and they are called souls and you, you, you kind of can get them back. But it has, I guess what I'm asking back. is like, it does have an explicit fail state. It sounds like, yes, like you can yeah. be destroyed and have to start over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's got a timer basically that if you don't destroy again, I haven't spent a lot of time with it. Uh, and then after we beat that giant, a bunch of people just started dropping from the game uh, by the time I think the next giant would hit or whatever happens next. Enough people dropped or I'm like, all right, I'm, I think I'm in this all alone now. And it was like eight people, and I just quit. And on the quit, it says like, hey, you can save your state in this world and come back to it, or you can abandon the world. So uh, I abandoned it and, and left. I didn't, um, it didn't, it didn't hook me. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't loving it, but I think it's a thing that I would need to be playing with people I know to really get the most out of that experience. It's, um, you know, you're going around mining a bunch of stuff that's not exactly clear why you need it until you go to the vendor and it's like you need this to make a sword and whatnot but um yeah maybe we'll come back and talk about it more if we if we all get into it but i i think i'm gonna put that one on the side for now is it is kind of basically diablo with base building is that that's what it looked like to me i think that's giving it a little bit more credit okay. is it more survival than that 
Bless it's Diablo. more survival. It's definitely more survival than that uh, because you're gathering gathering materials to craft things, and also you can craft defenses for your base uh, because your base gets attacked every night. But it's just very. It felt very loose. Mm. Um, it felt very game. It's it's very <laughs> it's it's very like okay, we got the game down, and maybe we spent less time on the polish of the overall presentation of it. Uh, but you know, there, there might be people out there who are just like this, the numbers work. I, I love it. Let's do it. But that wasn't for me. Okay. That's tribes of Midgar. Um, Mid- Midgard, Midgard. Um, and then, uh, um, I got into flight simulator on the, on the console on the series X. Yeah. On the Xbox series X was able, it launched on Tuesday alongside of, Fairly significant PC update. Um, and uh, after some, you know, kind of expected server stuff at launch, I uh, was able to get into it. And it plays pretty well. I mean, it's on Game Pass. So everybody should check it out if you're interested, if you have Game Pass. How big is the download? Uh, the preload, I want to say, was around 90 gigs. I'm not sure it, it took in much more than that after that. Um. So I didn't check the side, the full install size at that point. The playing with the controller was my biggest thing. And they've done some UI updates that actually came back over into the PC. That kind of made the PC version a little bit of a mess. Uh, but Ooh. the console version, I think, is fine with the controller. I think it's not my preference. It's not how I want to play that game. I don't think I will choose to play that on there with a Xbox controller if I have another choice available i wonder uh, if the console version has mouse and keyboard i don't know i don't know like just plug them into the console yeah well, my understanding is like you said the mouse cursor is basically just in the console version right it's just use the sticks mm-hmm. to move it around mm-hmm. yeah i just i mean if you plugged them in would they work right so there's some stuff where you know you're fiddling with controls and they have an autopilot when you're locked into mo- moving some of the controls basically when you bring the menu up that should take over i didn't turn that on but it would alleviate some of the problems where like, okay, you're going to be adjusting something and your plane's just going to be flying, whether it's flying into a cliff, the ground, the water while you're, you know, while you're manually moving throttles and stuff like that. So you have to be very aware. There's a lot of stuff happening. It's why I like playing with physical controllers. Cause you're, you're able to navigate that space a little bit easier and the track IR is you're able to look around a bit. I mean, it's, it's my preference. Um, once you're in the air and I was flying, the control was fine. Some fiddly stuff on the ground with the controller felt overly sensitive. I didn't take the time to go tweak it during the stream, um, but I'm sure they can go in there and tweak some of the sensitivity options on the uh, controller. But uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty good, perf- like ran well. Yeah. Uh, did what it was well, supposed to do. People seem very happy with the technical aspect of the port. Yeah. And then on the PC side, on the PC side, a lot of the stuff they brought in actually really messed up my game oh, no. on the PC side. Yeah, so some of the UI stuff they brought in uh, where you are locked into controls, uh, and it seems like they brought it in f- to play well with the controller. You can turn it off to legacy mode, but it wasn't working for me uh, where you kind of lock onto a thing, and then uh, you can turn it off. It's hard to describe. You basically, let's say the throttle, you mouse over the throttle and it has a thing that's like, push this button to lock onto it. And it was just like not mapped correctly. They had turned off a lot of my mapping and then it just wasn't working for me. So I went to legacy mode where it was like, oh, you just click on the thing and you push the button. 
But they took away the tooltip that says like the percentage that a throttle would be in or out. And people who have played the game probably know what I'm talking about. Like when you click on a thing and move the throttle, it used to say like a 0%, 50%, whatever it's at. They kind of took that away if you're in legacy mode and then you have to go back to the, it's in the other mode. This is stuff they might fix. I'm not sure they will, but they, like they've been pretty good. thing to take out. It, it does seem like a strange, and I looked it up and other people are like, what the hell, man? Why did you take this out? Um, the other thing that happened was on one of the planes, um, I just couldn't interact. This is such a, sounds like I'm in a MOBA now. I couldn't, I couldn't interact in such a specific thing. I couldn't change the fuel tanks to be both fuel tanks, which means I couldn't get the Cessna to start up cold. Like in, in the startup procedure, you have to set the tanks to both. Uh, so it draws fuel from both tanks to start the engine and I couldn't actually interact with it. And like I spent too long being like, what is going on here? Going through all these options, trying to map it, do the stuff. And I saw finally on a forum, somebody else was like, I can't do this. And I was like, good. It's not just me. Why would um, they, I don't understand why they would. That seems like a bug, like a straight up okay. bug. Okay. Um, uh, it crashed huh. about four times for me, um, uh, in, in my time playing it this morning, uh, it's, but it ran really well. So <laughs> it's like what we gained a lot in the performance, like the load times are so much better on the PC, but it crashed four times for me. Right. And like not obviously not playing crashes, game crashes. Yeah. Like, uh, no, the plane and, crashes and, and now, are all on you. We know that, <laughs> but like going in and out of the menus and maybe messing around with a lot of the settings is what was causing it to really crash. I, I think it's going to get there and I think it's a great game and I still think it's a great game. I think it's a little early for, on the PC side for this update and they're going to have some hot fixes rolling out. If, if not already it seems like it and on the console side, I think it's going to be a great experience, especially on game pass. If people just want to check that out yeah. and, and fly around and then the assists are there and turn them on. And you know, if I were playing on the console side, I'd probably turn on a lot more assists than I had on going into it from the PC side, just because of the nature of the, limited number of buttons on the controller and the inability to um, touch everything at the same time and the feedback if, you get. I looked if, if, if pure Xbox is to be believed uh, this game does not have mouse and keyboard support on the Xbox. Mm. Um, I do believe that there is um, an, a, uh, a, a flight stick or a yoke coming for the Xbox series X for this specifically for flight sim. I am probably going to wind up with, uh, dedicated yoke and pedals and oh throttle boy. Oh and, boy. and radio controls for this at some point. It just, this morning I flew from Teterboro Airport here in Jersey to um, Republic Airport and over in Farmingdale and was running out of time so I just pulled off into JFK and was like, <laughs> I just, as you do, I, I really enjoy, I really enjoy that game. It's nice to I fly. Just, and now it runs even better when it's not when it's when when it's not crashing. So hey, why stop there? You gotta just build the full cockpit simulator in your garage. Oh, I, I said That's... it last year when it came out, and I think it is showing that it works well on a console. Just that thing is just such a technical achievement, and it just gives me so many good bad ideas about what can be done in other <laughs> genres with this kind of like world mapping data and the way that they use stuff. Like it's just. It's amazing to me that it works as well as it does. And I, I don't know. Like, I'm just always impressed with that thing. Yeah. And for me, it really, I have to keep reminding myself, like when I fly from Jersey to Long Island being like, that's fun. Cause it's something I know, but then it's like, I can go anywhere in the world. 
I, I can fly But the natural tendency any... is to go where you know first and see how it's yeah, represented. Yeah. Of course. I know, but it, but it gets... I love when I remind myself and be like, let's go somewhere exotic and just do a flight. And with that map data, it's it really adds something to it. It really is something special. Uh, and also the real weather stuff. And, you know, you look out your window and then you go into the game and it's real live weather. Yep. You're flying alongside other players. Uh, you know, there's no collision on the runway, thank goodness, because like people just don't get off the runways in time. Yeah, but th- that stuff is a lot of fun. Uh, that's Flight Simulator. The console release out now uh, on Game Pass and uh, the update on the PC. Performance update mostly. Yeah. Some some weird UI stuff and actually some content updates as well. Uh, Alex. Yes. Uh, uh, these are, is this our last thing here, Old World? Yeah, so I kind of picked this up this week on a whim because I'd, I'd had a couple of people, I think, in the Discord ask me about it, and I'd forgotten that this actually came to 1.0. But uh, Old World, the 4X mm-hmm. strategy game from Mohawk Games, uh, formerly, was it Soren Johnson, formerly of yeah. the, the Firaxis team, uh, most recently made Offworld Trading Simulator, a game that I did not love, but I know that had a very dedicated fan base and people really liked it. Um, this is more of a straight-up 4X game uh, in the vein of Civ Five, which I believe is the one that Johnson worked on, or one of the ones Johnson worked on. And But it has this layer of paradox, like Crusader Kings kind of lineage stuff attached to it's it. A little, it's a little layer of paradox frosting. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Some, it's a sprinkling, you know, like some 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 medieval icing. Well, the idea. On top. So the game was originally called Ten Crowns, which I will say again, I thought was a better name than Old World. Old World just sounds very yes. generic. I remember when they changed that, and I just had to assume there was some trademark conflict or something. There must Ten have Crowns been. is Ten Crowns is a great name. It's great, and it's also indicative, I think, of what the game is because, like, so there is a like the win condition is you just have to hit a certain number of milestones and have the most points at the end of your run. But all the civilizations in the game are ancient world. So it's like, you know, Byzantium, uh, Carthage, uh, Rome, Greece, you know, like Persia, like all the old world stuff. But there's no it doesn't go into the future the way that Civ does. Like it is very much just about the line of rulers that you have through, I think, 10 generations of or, or up to 10 generations, maybe longer. I don't know. I haven't actually finished a game of it yet. I'm, I'm pretty deep into my first campaign in the, the final game. Um, but so you start out with the, you know, whatever the main ruler is. Uh, and then when they die, you know, you have a family, you have a queen consort or a king consort, you have, you know, you, you, you sire children, you determine how lineage is applied, whether it's, you know, strictly bloodlines or whether it is, you know, more just about like, hey, if you marry into the family and you're senior most, you can take, I think there's some, some movement you can do in there. And then there's a little bit of the drama around that. Like it's, you know, you have relationships with other civilizations that you meet. They can be really pissed at you or they can, you know, you can, they can be indebted to you if you do them favors. And, you know, you're obviously jockeying for position. You're trying to take territory, but you're also just trying to achieve different things throughout the, you know, your, your campaign, which can range from just building wonders to, killing a certain number of military units. Uh, you know, it's like these different achievements sort of pop up as like, you know, uh, quest conditions and you can decide whether you want to do them or not. And, you know, th- as you're going through it, like it plays like a Civ game, but like having that layer of v- mild intrigue, I think is actually kind of a novel twist on it. So that's that's the Crusader Kings, the sort of nobility 
like aristocrats getting pissed at each other type stuff. Like, yeah, and also splash okay. screens where like there's a little bit of narrative around what's happening, and okay. it's not okay. widely varied from what I've seen. Like there's a pretty set number of things that can happen over the course of your rule that will repeat from time to time. Yeah, this is not a full priced game, right? I want to say it's like. 40? It might be 40 bucks. I don't know. I would check. Yes, it is is 40 bucks. So maybe maybe a little smaller in scale. Well, it's also, I think it's like maybe 10 civilizations at most that you can choose from. Um, But, you know, the way things, if things are less reliant on the specific starting abilities you get, like in Civ, where it's just like, oh, this is a science one. This is a, you know, a military one. Like there is that. But your decision making and how you decide to train your rulers, how you choose to educate your children, there's a lot of different like random conditions that can kind of apply to them that might change some of the dynamic to, you know, how the campaign plays out. It doesn't seem like it's really radical in that regard. Like it, it nothing's gonna fly too far off from like kind of what the you know, the set conditions are of your sieve at the beginning. But there's some range, which is nice. Hmm. But it's neat. How long is that? How long is a game, would you say? Like a campaign, I guess you call it? Well, I'm a few hours into the the first campaign in the 1.0, um, and I'd say I've hit like 10 or 11 of the 72 condition points. Jeez. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. I think I finished one in the early access version. I want to say it was maybe something like, oh, I'm just guessing, because it was a while ago. It was like late last year. But I want to say it was probably somewhere around like 10 to 12 hours. Okay. Maybe it's, longer. I don't really remember. That's, that's approachable. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like a Civ game, you know? And yeah. Is it uh is it Epic Game Store exclusive? Uh, I, was, I was just, a, I was just about to check to see if it's, on I'm not hundred percent sure. I know it is on Epic games and that's where I'm playing it, but I've not seen if it's exclusive okay. or not. I think they did their early okay. access period exclusively on Epic. They, they definitely did that. It looks like it is not on Steam. Okay. But it's neat. Like, if you're just looking for, you know, a, a slightly different spin on on Civ stuff, like, I have not been super into some of the other 4X games that have kind of been coming out in recent years, but this one, I think it's got something. Like, it feels like they could probably build it out a lot more if they they get around to making a sequel, but, like, what's there feels pretty interesting and complete. Um, Old World. Old World. On Epic Game Store. Yes. Uh, so that is Old World. Uh, tribes of Midgard. Uh, that I play that on Steam. That's twenty dollars. I should mention, by the way, that is a twenty dollars game on Steam. Uh, Flight Simulator has come to Xbox Series X uh, and S, I believe, also, um, and that is on Game Pass or the PC version. Uh, just got a big update. Pokemon Unite is a free game on Switch. You can check that out. And Neo: The World Ends with You on PlayStation Four, which I believe is. That's sixty dollars, right? That's fifty nine ninety nine. I believe that's I right. Let's um, double check real fast. Okay. And those are the the games that we have played this week. Yes. No. Yes. No. T- sixty dollars. Thank you. Sixty bucks. No tales of Midgar this time, but maybe no. uh, maybe we'll get back to Midgar. It is a little. It's confusing to go from Midgar to Midgar. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if Yuffie even makes her way into Midgar. I'm not sure where that DLC is set. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't been uh, kind of entirely somewhere else. Tell you, I'm a thinking long about way from it every time. I, <laughs> uh, thinking about it every time I boot up my PS5 and and wanting to get in there and click that little button, which I think I will do for next week to check that out. Uh, that's gonna do it for this week's show. But before we go, 
Yes. Before we go, I would like to thank everybody for listening. First of all, thank you very much for listening. And thanks, everyone, uh, for supporting us. And if you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash nextlander. Of course, we are supported by you. That's right, you, the That's listener. Right. Uh, whether you're listening, whether you're watching, you're just you're saying great things, sending good vibes, or if you're joining uh, the Patreon, all that support really helps. And we've been trying to um, put out as much stuff, again, for free as possible, and then uh, get some fun rewards for people who are uh, being very generous and supporting us through Patreon.com. So again, Patreon.com slash Nextlander if you want to help out and check out some of the rewards there. Uh, and you can join different tiers. One of our tiers, the mysterious benefactor tier, gets a little shout out. Yes, they do. We'd like to thank all our tiers, but mysterious benefactor, you, the mysterious benefactor tier, get a little shout out in this year's podcast. Alex Navarro. Yes. Shall we read off those mysterious benefactors? I'll be more than happy to. Special thanks to all of the following: Mark Sidebotham, Rob M, Nelson LeBlanc, James Smith. Skywarp, G-Chap, J-Liner, Brian D, John Hubbard, Corey James Thompson, C.J. Ewing, Sean Miller, Stimpak, Jack Einicker, Sean Phillips, Mark Dell, Nicholas Horn Jorgensen, Malone Hart, Angie Valadaris, Nick Donegan, Evan Cook, Yakto Yada, Mark Wilhelm, J.M., Ben Murden, Jerry Lee, Brian Stanton, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy Dan. That's all one name. Gary Peschke, Matt, Conrad Kuzman, Robert Fisher, Joseph Reagan, Kinto, John McGinnis, The Bunny Fiend, Casey Shaughnessy, John B., Nick, Sarah, and Katie Doherty, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Stephen Yulikovich, Jad Rita, Andrew Thornburg, Statics, Robo Jeebus, Mike Merritt, Andrew Jackson, Bacon Monk, Chris Barkhurst, Pixels and Polygons, Marcus G, Greg Martin, Ninja Ducky, G Cruz, Lucas Fellers, Andrews Buge, Devin Maestro Hall, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R, Blood Emblem, Kevin Velado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Aaron Gonzalez Burr, Andrew Teepkin, it me JP, Andrew Chick, sorry, Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Matthew King, Steve Lynn, William Loomis, Richard Welsh, aka Hired Noobs, Matthew Herrig, Adam Bilo, Rick Button, Anthony King, Tyler Treese, and Jean Francois Murray. Thank you very much to all the mysterious benefactors, and thanks everybody who uh, has not only joined the Patreon, who has listened and supported us. Uh, we could not do this without the support of the people out there. Or if we were doing it, it'd be a lot different. <laughs> we, we, like I said, we are really trying to um, um, keep everything as open and free as we can uh, for now, as long as long as we can. And that is thanks to um, that financial support and the kind of good vibe support that everybody has been able to give us out there. And speaking of those things, if you want to check out our State of Decay run, things are heating up in the State of Decay I think uh, I, I think Ooh. we've crossed the hump there. I think we're I think we're we're, we're moving. in our new car in our in our here decay gone tomorrow. We've got a new car. We've got a lighter crew. <laughs> <We> got, <laughs> Things are heating it. up for some for Garcia 
things things went a little south. We've got a streamlined crew with a great car and a, and a fantastic base. You can go check that out. Uh, all archives are on YouTube.com slash NextLander. Nobody's going hungry. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, an abundance of food suddenly. Here decay gone tomorrow. Uh, we've got we're we're kicking off a new uh, a new game and FM Vinny full motion Vinny starting uh, at the time you listen to this it's going to be on Thursday of this week and that will be uh, I want to think it's called the Thirteenth Doll which is a fan uh, game based off of Seventh Guest and very curious I'd see, this came out um, I think last year or the year before maybe longer than that I, I've been got, curious about it they got stuff. All you oh, need to say. Wow. They got Stoff. Okay. Stoff okay. is in it. Okay. Also, Stoff apparently is like a trained Shakespearean actor. <laughs> we'll get into it later. Uh, I look forward to some great Stoff. Uh, you can check that out. That is happening on Thursday, uh, I believe 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, Friday is uh, viewer's choice, if you haven't already, up on the Patreon now in the Mission Control tier. You can go and vote on what do we do on Friday? How we get up to some nonsense on Friday with a bunch of choices up there, um, more than a few choices up there. We're going to see if we can get to uh, the top one for sure, and if not, maybe some others now or later. We'll have another show next month as well, but some good ones on there. We're not ready to let them all go for the next poll. A uh, bunch of stuff. Go check out the Patreon uh, for schedules. We've been putting up a schedule uh, for our past content on Fridays. Uh, or or Saturday, depending on when all the content is up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mondays, we started putting up a schedule of what's coming up. Lots of fun Next Lander business. And of course, uh, thanks to all our mods. And thanks to the Discord community for being yeah. really uh, amazing. Just cool as heck. Cool. Always fun, man. All right. Thank you, Alex Navarro. Thank you. Thank you, Brad Shoemaker. Why, thank you. We will be back next week with more from the Next Lander Podcast. See you, everyone.